Hey modelers, welcome to the Model Geek Scale Modeling Podcast. Here we will be discussing just about anything and everything as it relates to the world of scale modeling. Before we start, we would like to thank you, the listeners, for downloading and making us a part of your modeling bench session. We'd also like to thank our fine sponsors, Detail and Scale, Furball Air Design, and Tamiya USA. Now, sit back and buckle up as we dive into the world of scale modeling. Here are the geeks, Darren Cook, Scott Samo, Andrew White, Andrew Frill, and Tim Holland. Hey, what's crackalackin' model geeks, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 70 of the MGPC. And I, it's Frill though, and I'm at the helm tonight, and I am joined by the usual suspects. We got Tim El Presidente Holland backing me up. Ooh. We got Darren D. Rand Cook over there on the on Cat 2. You got Scott Nemo Samo over there on the Alert 3. And you got Whitey backing us up on the Alert 4. Fellas, welcome to Season 4. Season 70? Season what? Episode 4? Season 4, Episode season 70. Four. Season episode 4? Seven. What happened to Season 1? No are we really in season four? We are. Wow. That's nuts. Man. I, don't, I don't know how the hell that happened. Um, <laughs> At least we like got renewed. Started. That's the important thing. <laughs> how that happened. How did we make it to season four? It's I don't know. Just lucky, I guess. Well, it's good to be back. Good to be back. Yeah, yeah. maybe there's there's probably three people that listen to us now. Before. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, I told my mother about us, and she's and her response was podcast. What is <laughs> yeah, that? What's podcast? What's a podcast? Yeah, what's a podcast? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, she's eighty four, so yeah, well, that's all right. My dad doesn't even listen to ours. What? What? And he's a modeler too. Yeah, well, he kind of doesn't do the plastics anymore. He's like more into does more of the RC stuff now. Oh man, yeah, so on that road. Yeah, so yeah, you know, I don't think he's ever listened to a single episode. Let me ask if this for poke this up for debate is RC aircraft scale modeling as well. I, I mean, know? depends on it, the, there's your be. answer, right? Depends, maybe. Yeah, yeah. it's a model. It's scale. It is. It flies. Yeah, it's expensive. It is. Yeah, not all of them are scale. Some of them are just they're just a small airplane. Yeah, sure. With mm-hmm. a motor on front, you know, they don't. The only thing that makes them similar is the is the fact that they got straight wings or or not and look like an airplane. And I will say kind of thing that kind of drives me nuts is now the FAA makes you if you fly RC airplanes you have to get a drone license to fly an RC what? Airplane, which is an RC an, air, an RC airplane is different from a drone. Yes. For the life of Well, me, but but well, frill, I you know remember, you got to remember how many people in this country, when they say drone, they mean a radio-controlled aircraft? Well, uh, that's the when the vernacular is wrong, they need to be corrected. I a bet drone you. would be like a Predator or a Global Hawk. That's a drone. One that you can plug, pull the ground safety pin and walk away from this thing and come back 24 hours later and that thing's land, sitting on the tarmac waiting for you. That's a drone. RC airplanes have been around since the what? 40s. Oh, I Even know. The They've been around since the 30s. Yeah. The, well, it, it, 
Yeah, How do we but get it, on this it, topic? Let's talk. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. But <laughs> why, why are we debating this? I don't know. <laughs> from my mouth. Jeez. Uh, all I'll say about it is, I think that a lot you, of that is, <laughs> is FPV. The the is changing that right because now you can go out a lot of sight with an RC aircraft. But I digress. Uh, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Damn it! I oh yeah, it, it mouth shut. Way to go, Darren. Uh, yeah, Darren. Way to go. Way to derail it. So much for scale modeling. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know, right? Speaking of scale modeling, I know it's been a while since we've all been, uh, you know, been at the bench or whatever. But what's everybody working on? What'd you buy? What'd you see? It has Damn. been a while. We'll Man, we've been you, we've been getting together every uh well the every friday store. at the game yeah. store in fact that's been most of my bench time for the, since the uh, last time we uh, published i want to say in six weeks i've done very little modeling at home but a whole lot of modeling at the game store which i guess is good that is good yeah. you're doing I mean, it socially socially i know right. one thing i did notice though the way because they, re- they rearranged it i gotta speak quieter because my voice travels there's not enough not yeah. stuff blocking my voice anymore so yeah yeah i'm a little we bit guilty to... of that too this last uh <laughs> last week i i kind of went off the rail a little bit and didn't realize all those people were eating lunch behind me so <laughs> yeah <laughs> you didn't notice the one guy that upchucked his lunch when the that one uh comment you make yeah, f-bomb <laughs> something I, yeah, yeah i don't just, yeah people looking ass when i was walking up to go get something to drink not not my Early proudest looks. moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it was real and it was raw. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I think it's great. Dawson shows up and and he just enjoys um, you know listening to us banter most of the time. Oh yeah, and uh, um, he'll throw something out there and get us going again. Um, I forget. He does he like to out. stir the pot a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah. Last last Friday, he threw a couple of things out there multiple times, and it got me going, got me all excited about something, but I don't even remember what it was. Him Shows you how important both. it was. Victor oh, was yeah. a little bit taken back oh, by some of my, uh, I know. You, well. you guys know, and we're like, no, we don't Victor. Tell us. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. well, it'll, it'll come to you. I'm like, no, it won't Victor. Oh, I have oh, yeah, it by now. It's not going to come to me. Oh, oh I couldn't believe hilarious. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. It took us forever to remember what it was about, what the topic you know, what? Was. and then I forgot, I forgot what it was. Oh, well, well. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. say it here; it's PG thirteen. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not gonna say it, no, uh, but I, but I do remember, and it because it was hilarious, and it's it like, was. oh yeah, that's right. But the Tim's point, folks, though, inside joke. <laughs> the uh, the game store thing on Fridays is a good time. I I, I enjoy going up there, and the only thing is. Like you go up there and you, know, you I, I grab a kit to work on something I can just, you know, clip parts off and glue. And then, you know, it's like, oh, crap. Now I'm at the painting stage. And I really <laughs> bring it in after that because now I'm ready to start painting. Yeah. Your shelf of doom is going to build quickly. It is. And so the shelf of doom grows and it's like, oh, man. Yeah. My that, work in progress has grown by four kits over the last four weeks because I keep bringing another kit. Because, yeah, it, it, I, I get it into the paint shop. And the next thing I know, it's like. Oh damn it! I don't have anything that's not in the paint shop. Well, see, my I, I go up there, nothing grows on me but my belly because I don't, I don't <laughs> bring anything to build. All I do is sit there and drink sodas and eat freaking French fries, man. What a Scottish <laughs> egg or murder? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For no other reason than I've I've already got a shelf of doom that does not need to grow anymore than it yeah. already is. So, 
it yeah. it definitely does get you to build things that uh like I know for myself, um you know I'm not going to go up there and drag an air bottle and paint. No. Uh, so it is it, you know it, most of the stuff I'm working out here, it, or uh, you know uh, I'm I'm at the paint stage, so it does it gets me to grab something off the shelf that is uh maybe something a little bit small, a little bit different. Um, you know, like right now I have like a bunch of UAVs in work because of that. Oh. You know, I got the, it's like an X45, this really horrible resin kit. And then the RQ4N, I got into that. All of that was as a result of, oh man, what, what can I bring up there and start into today? Uh, so, you know. What, those, what's that flat nosed one you've got? The flat nosed one. The oh, flat like, square nosed yeah, resin. The X45 uh, UCAV. Man, that thing's a turd. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a turd of a kid. Uh, (laughs) Who's the maker? Oh, golly. um, ah, Well, let's go ahead and throw out the the manufacturer of a turd. So, yeah, I'll leave them alone. It's a, you know, it's a small, uh, small market resin kit. So, I mean, it's not something that's, you know, um, but yeah, it, it it was a challenge, and a little. Uh, it, it, it's it's been fun to to work on. But again, now that one's at the painting stage, so I'm I'm, you know, gonna shoot that thing and prime it up and get it going. But anyway, I kind of stepped all over you, Tim. I kind of went down a different way. So let me throw it back over to you. Sorry over to, to me? Yeah, no, no, that's yeah. okay. No, I don't. I don't care about the interruption. The uh, yeah, it, I I've able been able to go. Uh, I guess in the space of two weeks, three weeks, um, go from uh, my bow fighter from basically an idea to it's in the paint booth now. And uh, I got primer on it yesterday. And so now I'm ready to start throwing some color on it. I I do have a couple areas I need to clean up first, but they're really minor. And then uh, I was able to get my my Dornier DO17. That's got paint on it now. And it's, it's looking pretty good. Someone you posted I, uh, earlier today in the uh, group chat. Agreed? It is. Yeah. Yep. It's looking yeah, good. Green on t- it's Yeah. I just got one of the, what is it? RLM 71. I put that down. I got the RLM 65 on the bottom already. And uh, now I just need to mask and shoot the RLM 70. So what paints did you use? Because you said you had to mix your, mix the colors. Yeah. I'm using uh, Tamiya. So Tamiya acrylics. Okay. Yeah. So they, I'm using the standard Tamiya recommended um, shades uh-huh. of mix. You know, XF this with yeah. XF that one to one, and I think the sixty five was XF twenty three and white two to one, and I I ended up going almost one to one on it because I it just it still looked a little too dark to me, but it I mean it looks good. I I like the there's just enough contrast that it it's going to look okay, and I tried doing some pre shading, but by the time I got enough paint down to get rid of the primer. Uh, you couldn't see the pre-shading anymore. So, oh, well, I'll just hmm. have to do post-shading. There you go. That's what yeah. I'm doing. I'm going to talk about it here in a little bit, but same thing on the Phantom. I'll do it. I've gotten to where I really like doing yeah. the uh, the post-shading more yeah, cool. than I do the pre-shading. So. Yeah. Tell us about your Phantom. How are you doing on that? Oh, my God. Well, it's, uh, it's coming. I, I don't know if y'all saw the pictures yesterday. That damn thing mm-hmm. was a tape ball. The one thing, <laughs> yeah, it's looking so, good, man. Thanks. Yeah. So the the Ming, that's the one thing about these 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 kits, uh, the Phantom kits, is they don't really have a provision for you to put the tail uh, assembly, the horizontals together after the fact. So you have to go back and tape, and it is a 
pain in the butt, man. Yeah, that's one good thing about the Tamiya kit is that yeah. the at my first look at it, I was like, hmm, I don't know about the the horizontal stabs, but it's genius how they really it designed it. And the fit is so good. You can paint everything beforehand and just, just a little bit of glue. And it's, it almost is yeah. a, like a snap fit. It's yeah. not, but it's almost, and it does, it allows you to, to paint everything separately. And, you know, you know, the masking is so much, so much easier. It's just, yeah. No, I agree a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent, Scott. And, and I think that's my problem is I got spoiled by building that one before this mean kit. Yeah. Uh, it's, but it all worked out. You know, I got the, uh, the base metallics down, uh, with no problem as now it's just go back and like I said, the post shading, some of those metallics and the dirty and stuff you, up. And, you got to try even do it on a mule, but you got to try post shading metallic areas with the thin black brown mix oh i'm going to that's that's part of my plan because you can Absolutely. it yeah because it the way like how like if you have a lacquer based metallic base you know mm-hmm. and then you're you're putting a just regular to me a acrylic paint on top of it you can buff it and polish it and it gives a really cool funky metallic looking kind of effect yeah. Um. And if you don't like it, you can just wet a freaking Q-tip with your and wipe it off. You know yeah. what I mean? And so you're the the margin for error is huge. It's yeah. you, if you if you screw it up, then just redo it. You know. And sometimes when you build up those layers, that's what makes it look so cool. Is when you have all the different um, layers that you have. So yeah. So that's the one thing I'm really focusing on this time, and I'm absolutely going to use that uh, technique this time. That, that was in my uh, my plan of actions here. But I'm going through the Duke Hawking's uh, book on on the Phantom, which is an awesome reference, by the way. It's uh, yep. the pictures are amazing, but they got broke down into sections, and in this instance, his tail sections he, he shows from the top, the bottom, the exhaust, the the um, uh, tail hook, all that. And then you've got layering. That's what it is all about, right? There's yeah. no one panel on there that is the same shade. Really, no. on a real, they're, they're just not. Every one of yeah. them is a different color. And another thing I noticed is one of the panels that's often painted is just a, you know, a bright, shiny metal or titanium is that square on the aft end of the horizontal stab inboard. Yep. Yep. In a lot of the uh, reference pictures I'm seeing, it's a metallic gray. Huh. So it's where it looks like a uh, a light ghost gray or something like that, but it's got a yeah. metallic sheen to it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm just trying different things like that with it. So I spent all day on it yesterday back there, just putting down different colors of metallics and uh, what was a pain in the butt because masking is, let's face it. But I saw results. that you lengthened uh, your left exhaust <laughs> yeah Good yeah 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 Dude, that was, yeah that certainly was got dink for that one online uh because oh. the can wasn't in there yet thanks but yeah. for pointing that out but uh that's funny yes i i, I got them all the right length now Good job. <laughs> but it looks awesome well thanks it's, it's a lot of fun and hopefully hopefully be able to have it done here before odo if uh not it'll certainly be done for heritage con so that's right. real would say you better get yeah. crack a lacking. Yeah, well, it's I'm not like rushing it. Month, it's like a month away. Yeah, I'm not rushing it. If it's ready, yeah. it's ready. If it's not, then in, it'll be ready in March when I go to Canada. Uh, it's just cool, one man. of those deals. I'm, I know uh, show season's getting ready to kick off. 
I know. Yeah, I don't, I know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to have. I don't think I'll have the, the EA 6A. I don't, I, I may have it done for audio. I'm sure not going to have the SU 22 done. No, no, but that E6A. Just, no way. That E6A, yeah, you're there. No, it's, I still have, I got a ton of, I'm getting close. I mean, I still have to put decals on. There's not that many though. And, um, the fiddly bits are all done. So the only thing I have to do is I have to build the canopy. So the canopy is two parts. There's a plastic piece that is the forward section, and then you have the glass and yeah. the app, the two there's, there's basically, yeah, I think there's two pieces. And so I remember before when I built it, it's, it's a, it's painful. It's because the fit's really? not all that great. So you have to sand and fill and you just have to be careful because you don't want to screw it up. Um, so that, cause it's that big, you know, big bubble canopy. It's just easy to see. And then you got to scratch build the overhead console because the kit doesn't come with anything because so, oh, wow. that's so prominent, you know, with the, it is the, the different, the pilot's lights and the nav lights and all that with the little, um, you know, the, the little, the call the cords and stuff that they yeah. have and all I don't know switches. what they call those grime lights or whatever they yeah. are. Grimes yeah. Lights. There you go. Yeah, grime there lights. You go. And so I want to say got, that somebody has a 3d print of that, of that. section. I, you might want to hit up Dave roof. I think yeah. Frill, back me up here, man. Did, didn't he do a center? Overhead thing there, or the somebody uh, did for the prowler intruder. or for the intruder. I can. Yeah, I mean, I, who was I, it? I think I remember seeing that. You know, I do remember seeing that too. I scratch built the last one for that. Um, Let's see the the Asics. Um, I'm sorry, the the Asics E that I did, um, in the TPS scheme. But yeah, it's 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 not too too much work, but it has to yeah. be there because if if you don't put it in, it just looks oh, incomplete. You yeah. know, it, yeah, it just looks incomplete. So it looks but, naked. Uh, you know, I've had, I'm, I'm just, I'm so done with it. I don't feel like working on it at all. Cause I'm just, I'm just so done with this, with this kit. I don't care what it's going to look like. I don't care. I mean, it's going to look great, but I'm just so over it. I'm all the issues I had with the tail and the weird gloss. Co- I'm telling you that gloss coat crap. Uh, it's, you have to be, you know, here yeah. I am been build models for 40 something years and I had major issues I didn't have any ma- any issues with the gloss on the 109, and I had major issues with the gloss on the EA6A. So, I, you know, it's just, you just have to, you know. Um, well, you've recovered nicely. Yeah, but I only almost colonized that sucker. I'll tell you that. No, I'm glad you if didn't. You can, if you can find it, the um, Black Box A6E cockpit has that center console that goes in, in the top of the can. Is that black, black Box? Yeah. yeah, if you can find that cockpit. Let's see if I can find. Yeah, those kind of issues, uh, they'll, they'll suck the life out of you, man. That's that's the one thing. And I think that's why I get so stressed out at the paint stage, right? I know it can be fixed, right? There's nothing there that we can't overcome, but it still just sucks the life out of you, man. It it, it does. Yeah. I mean, they talk about, I, I can't remember what season we talked about Mojo Killers, and some folks were like, there's no such thing. And I'm like, oh, yes, oh, there, yes is. there is. Yeah. I mean, you, just, you know, here... <laughs> Somebody Here, says there's no such thing. They've been lucky. Yeah. <laughs> and because, you know, that's why I'm, I'm taking my time on this thing. Cause I really have had some serious hurdles that I'm like every step, every time I just, when I think that I'm, 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 I'm over the hump, it's all downhill. Nope. Uh, uh-uh. uh. there is yeah. a, a trap door that sucks you and puts you right back even further down below. Then you still got hired, you know, and, uh, it's real, it's real. And it, 
And if you have too many of those, which I feel like I've just, because I've been working, I think the last time I looked, I have to look back on my phone and see when I started this kit. But I think it's been four years since yeah, I, I know started you've been it. for a while. Because wow. the fit was so bad. The fit was bad. Everything fits w- much worse than the other monogram, um, the A6E. Even mm. the Prowler fit better. There's just some, just there were huge gaps and the wings were warped badly. And so I had to do some modeling. Uh, but after a while, you just kind of get tired of it. You're just like, you know, I think I've had enough of this kit. And that's where I am right now. So trying to like work on bombs and the jammer pods and decals it's just like it's just i'd rather i'd rather clean my basement which is what that's <laughs> what i did over christmas you know because we're having the the carpet replaced in the basement and i'm getting the whole basement so we and we we had some storage uh shelving built in each one of our storage rooms and we had to pull everything out and so i spent like the last few days just organizing shelves when I had, I could have been working on a model, but I was like, nah, I'd rather, I'd rather try to work on my basement than build a model. So that the, oh, and, the and mojo say, demon is strong in this house right now. <laughs> I was going to say, and they say that there's no such thing as a mojo suck. You're experiencing it full force. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that's really keeping me going is like, well, it would be nice to have it ready for ODO just because I've been working on it for so long. And, but it, I, I may not because I'm just, no, yeah, I got to, uh, I'm, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll you know, see I'm with the mindset now and it's something I'm taking into 24 with me is, is I'm just not going to sweat it. If, if I don't have something ready for a show, it's just, I won't, I won't take anything to a show. It's I'm going there to uh, talk to the people any damn way. That's you know, a I'm great, not, great plan. You great know, plan. I'm just not going to stress over it. Yeah. And uh, I, to the point where I even, I reached out to, uh, uh, Jeff Hearn, uh, and, and ask him about display space. I'm thinking about just taking stuff and putting it on a display table in the SIG room, you know, instead of contesting. That's so less stressful and so much more fun just to sit there and shoot shit about models. So anyway, why do you, you, uh, you've been working your tail off on a couple of things, man. I know you got your B 52, uh, thing you're working on your C 47. Uh, man, you, where are you at? Uh, still primarily just on the C-47. Uh, the B-52 project is just something I've been kind of gathering the stuff to do and, and kind of just doing a little cleanup with the different kits. And uh, uh, just real quick, folks, what, what, what Darren's talking about there is, uh, so I, I have the monogram NB-52 sitting out there in the garage in the stash. And um, <clears throat> I don't know, I got this wild hair up my butt there and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, got you know, head down a rabbit hole about it. I was, you know, the, I was doing some online searching around and came across some photos of that thing, and I was, like, and then I got thinking about, oh man, you know, let me check out Wikipedia on that thing and see all the stuff that it dropped, like you know. So I started looking at pictures of all the different X planes that it's dropped, and lifting bodies and everything else, and uh, and that led to eBay and searching around for kits of these things in seventy second scale and. You know, the idea got came to my head that, hey, man, I'm just going to build that thing with all the stuff it dropped displayed with it, man. Um, so, yeah, that turned into a quest for, like, uh, X-24, the HL-10s, the uh, et cetera. Um, probably the hardest one to find was the X-43. That was the 
last project that it dropped. It was a hypersonic uh, sled uh, ramjet thing um, propelled by a Pegasus rocket. And again, more online looking around and came across a guy that made one in 70 second scale, but he didn't have them anymore. And, you know, and I shot him an email. He said, well, I have two left, but I'm keeping one. You want the other one? I was like, yes. <laughs> so he sold it to me. Um, it, it, but by, uh, if, if you get on eBay and you search out, uh, uh the seller's name is Brad jet. Um, he, he doesn't have any X 43s left, but he does have some other stuff. Some, uh, pretty eclectic, uh, X planes. I think one of the, um, blended wing body airliner X, uh, X 38, perhaps something like that. I'm not sure what the X is, uh, on, on what the designator is on that thing, but he had a couple of those, he said, but anyway, so yeah, that, that so whole now- project is, uh, I've been gathering the, re- the stuff to do that but i haven't really jumped into it yet so now is this one gonna go before or after your nola gay diorama that you want to do man <laughs> i don't know probably before since i have all the stuff but we'll see how that goes you know oh, you're, uh, you're already always, built in the lifting bodies you're already already yeah. started well, again, that goes back to the game store. Those are yeah. good, good projects to sit there and clean up while we were all hanging out and BSing. Uh, you know, apologies yeah. to the High Tide Games for all the resin dust on the floor. Um, <laughs> yeah, but those are uh, nice small kits to be able to do that with. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, that that's... Uh, I've always had an interest in, in Edwards Air Force Base and the history out there. You know, of course, we've all seen... You know, that was probably born out of uh, seeing the right stuff as a kid. And um, and then in my military career, going out there a bunch, we used to we used to stop into Edwards uh, frequently. We had an alternate alert site there and uh, spent a lot of time out there. And whenever I loved going there, everyone else always uh, complained about getting diverted into Edwards. And I was always, you know, oh, cool. You know, and we'd usually spend a couple of days there standing alert. And, um, you know, they'd let you. You know, you just needed to be in the flight line area. So me and another guy who was kind of an airplane geek like me, uh, we'd grab a van and run down to Dryden, hang or and walk around in there, um, you know, and drive way the heck to the other side to the to the old old field. And they had all the, um, I think they have a, a designated museum out there now, but on that far side of the field back in the mid, let's see, mid 90s, all of the, um, like the, uh, YF-23 was sitting over there and the OA-10A um, and a few other uh, like the X-9 uh, the uh, competitive for the A-10 or the X-9, the uh, A-9 rather, A-9. Uh, competitive for, you know so all of those things were just sitting out there on the flight on, on you know, they have a, had a designated parking area for them. I believe and I hope that those are all indoors somewhere now but um, if you're going to park the plane outside the high desert, it's a good place to do it I guess but. Yeah, low humidity Yeah Anyways, but the C-47 is my primary. I, I, I want to get that thing done. Uh, you know, part of the Nats project. Uh, I'd like to have the, the, now, getting a diorama done between now and, and, and Nats is my goal. Um, I'll probably have the aircraft itself done for ODO in February, late February. So, that, that's, you know, I'm at the, the painting stage and um, um, uh, what, what else? The... Uh, yeah, I'm at the painting stage now, and I'll start into the figures here uh, in a little bit. Um, and one of the things I'll, I'll hit on uh, El Presidente was kind enough to, um, you know, the, the figures, the paratroopers, they all come uh, with all their gear ready to rock. 
but one thing they're lacking is the, the life jackets that those guys wore. And the whole May West. The so May I, West. I I, I want to try to add those things onto those 48 scale figures, but I didn't want to, you know, try to make scratch build 20 of them uh, out of Milliput. That would be kind of a pain in the ass. So I had the idea that, uh, again, this is us sitting around the, uh, the game store talking about ideas and things like that. And I was like, you know, it'd be cool if I could just roll that stuff out and have a cookie cutter. And then I look at Tim and go, wait a minute. <laughs> you have a 3D printer, man. You know, so um, Tim whipped me up a, a cookie cutter of uh, 48 scale May West. So I'll go mm-hmm. ahead and, you know, that'll be the route I'll go is I'll, I'll roll out some Milliput and punch me out some May Wests and fit them to these little figures uh, somehow or another. The thing is, looking at research photos, the May West was actually underneath their reserve shoe, which makes sense, right? Uh, so I'm kind of like, oh, man. So it'll be partial, I guess. I don't know. I'll, I'll see. I want to have at least a few of them sitting on like, uh, you know, there'll be a truck there with all their gear, like the, you know, yeah, spare shoots and whatnot before, you know, guys getting geared up. So I'll have a few laying around perhaps or something like that. I don't know. It'll come in quite handy though. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate that. Sure. It was easy enough to do. And I learned something new. Frollo, how's your, uh, how's your phantom? We're talking about my phantom. Well, your damn, your damn thing. You've been, you've been almost finished with that for like, Five weeks now, haven't you? Well, just about. And you guys going on here like, oh, man, I got spoiled doing the, the Tammy one first. Now I'm doing the Zukimura one. I'm oh. not doing Zukimura. Ming. Or Ming. And I'm rolling with the Academy one. The F4B. Yeah. And uh, it's coming together. I'm getting all the fiddly bits on and uh, finished up all the decals. So now I didn't get too crazy with the cheese whiz, putting all the stencil decals around it. But I put enough to make it look busy. And uh, the weapons are all done. Uh, all the little fid- fiddly bits are done. I'm just going around putting everything on and uh, hope to have that done. I was wanting to have it done s- this last weekend, but we ended up running out to Morgantown to uh, go see the daughter and boy and her boyfriend. So I didn't get as much time on as I wanted, but it's coming. It's getting close, and it should be done here soon. Well, what's what's uh? You are you gonna hopefully have that for? ODO? Oh yeah, I should. Yeah, I should have okay. it for ODO. I was gonna say, what's everybody yeah. bringing? What what's everybody bringing to to ODO? Well, uh, I'm, I'm I'm F4ing it too. If if it's done, if not, I'm not bringing anything except myself and, and a smile and, um, and forty dollars right. for the raffle. And for so you got your Academy F4. What else are you gonna bring? Yep, um, the uh, Wingsy Claude. I'll have that. Ah, the Claude. The Claude. <laughs> um. My uh, T-38A in the NASA, okay. well, not really NASA markings, but yeah, painted up the one, that one, the SR-71 chase. And then, uh, cool. might be it. It might be all I have. Why do you, what about you, man? What are you bringing? Um, <laughs> maybe that's C-47 if it's done, that's about it. Oh, man, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty close on the RQ-4 end, though. So I might be able okay. to get that thing finished up in time All too. Right. Otherwise, nothing. Everything else has been to show. We got a month. Yeah. I don't like to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got them. I. I, yeah, I got, so I'll we'll usually. See. I'll usually. I hope you can get it. I mean. Yeah. Just like with anything, right? Don't rush it. But man, I hopefully you can get it because I'm sure all the figures and all that. They're, they're not going to take like two minutes to do, but and then do the whole diorama and how you want it because I I know you're going to want to. That's the whole reason why I try not to do dioramas because. I don't feel like I can make my diorama look as good as 
my model. So it's good. You know, I, yeah, if you're like definitely. me, like you want it to look like commensurate with the kit that you just built. Like you want it to look really spectacular. And man, that's, right. that's what scares the crap out of me. Doing man, that's, one. that's one thing I'm going to give Whitey props on is his displays and figures. I, someone posted a picture. I think it was Scott Bricker put a picture of your, your duck. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. Oh, yeah. And I saw All it down right. at that level, you know, and I was like, it's pretty good, man. Balls, man. That's really, really nice, man. You, you yeah, really do well with those. Those old Bonagram figures just great. And, you yeah. know, that particular one, I modified it to look like a, a an enlisted sailor. And Mike Witowski was really bugging me about that guy. He wants to make molds <laughs> of it, you know, and I'm like, take it and mold it. He's like, man. Yeah. He's like, you already painted it, though. I was like resin's not going to really mess it it's up it's like dude give me another one i'll repaint it <laughs> yeah i told him what figure i used and what how i you know yeah and uh you know it's the it's one of the monogram figures um the guy smoking a cigarette but then i yeah, took yeah. the head from the guy you know a b17 kit right or something one yeah. of those bombers. yeah you know i took the guy with the with the army air force crush cap yeah. and i made that look like a sailor cap yeah um oh, and yeah. you know one thing that, that you know the 135 scale guys have all sorts of uh, heads available, and yep. with these paratroopers, um, I, I want to, I'm going to modify a few of those, and I want them all to look the same. So I did find a set of 148 hands, but the nobody's does just plain 148 heads. And I, you know, if you if you ever look at like I, I think I believe the company is Alpine um, 135 scale heads, and they just do a bazillion of ton of ton of <laughs> yeah. different ones you know sailors and you know russian guys and just everything bald-headed guys guys making stupid faces i mean they you know in 35 scale that that's fantastic but you could do the same thing in, in 48 um but you know, nobody does because yeah uh, well there's now there jeff hearn is doing a diorama for the overlord build and he's doing uh guys that are rushing the beach out of a uh uh, landing craft, landing craft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and he has changed all the heads and arms on him. There's a place yeah. he's getting, I can't remember the name of it. Well, some um, of them he's making himself. He talked about that. Um, yeah, during our, I don't know, we were all hanging out online one night. Yeah, what did he call it? Hornet heads, Hornet. That's the company I'm thinking of. Hornet heads, yes. Have you yeah. checked to see if they do 48 scale stuff? They might, I did. I looked around and uh, yeah. no dice. Hmm. So, I don't know if anyone knows of a company that does, you know, the company that I that I got the hands from, I Google, you know, I went to this site. I was like, oh, all right, they make hands. They must make heads too. Nope. Um, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> well, there's, there's a market. What a weird a market there, yeah. hands. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know? only, and only hands. Weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tim, what about well, you, man? What do you, I'm sorry, Whitey, go ahead. They're great because they're like, you know, the fingers are spread and they're open. So you don't have a bunch of like Barbie doll hands. You know, so that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, what, that's the good thing about them. Original G.I. Joe hands. That yeah. Gotta be able you to know, hold the, the gun. and Everyone's knife hand. Like, <laughs> yeah. What is your major malfunction, Brad? Yeah, that hand. Uh, the chief, is that the, the chief hand? Is that what that is? The knife hand. Uh, the knife hand. Yeah. <laughs> what in the Sam Hill is wrong with you? Yeah. Uh, Tim, what about you, man? What do you bring into o- o- um, Well, I'm, I'm, I got two things I'm hoping to bring. And uh, my priority is to bring the SOC3 um, Seagull for the, um, uh, the group build, the, the club's uh, display. 
and then the uh, the other one is my Dornier because uh, I want to, you know, the the Stanford is all nice. It's going to be in flight. There's no in flight category checked, um, so it'll just be with the other seventy second stuff, oh, and uh, which is okay. I mean, if there's enough of them, because I know that uh, Colin wants to bring his, that uh, maybe they'll they'll create a separate category, split it off. Of course, it means they'll probably put all of the aircraft on stand together, which means I'd be competing against his uh, 48 scale. Um, I mean, you name it. His A-20 is awesome. <laughs> There's no That's way nice. that, yeah. So as far as competition, I, I don't frankly care, but I'm just doing it because I'm pretty proud of the base that I put it on. So yeah, you know, I think, we'll I think they should have a, an in-flight category i don't know why they don't i mean some of them do some of the shows do have a separate category for in flight and i know at nationals they do they have a a separate category i think that's i think that's brilliant i think that's yeah i've actually i think there's a i don't know who the guy who does them but uh it's you know i I guess there's several people that have done them but they have like the you know it's like you can it's it's a blurred uh back a base so that it looks like it's you know moving i I think this when they're done right and done well that's impressive it looks or if you have like that's what colin did with his a20 he's got that blur that blurred background or drop backdrop i'm not a big fan of like the forced perspective thing where you have like you know the model and then you have like itsy bitsy little i know because it just looks a little hokey to me but um yeah i think the blurred if you do it right it looks amazing looks really Looks really good. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, what What else are you? What else are you bring? Anything else? No, that's it. That That's the only two things I'll bring. That's the only things that are really new that I want to bring to a show. Yeah, I think I think I. Uh, hopefully, I can bring the EA six A, and then of course I did finish the one hundred and nine. So yay! I, that was I think that was my only kit that I finished, and no, I finished the. What else did I? Fin- I think I finished a couple others like early, like I, the KI eighty four. I finished. I'll probably bring that and put that in 70 second scale because, you know, I haven't entered it in anything. So I'll probably bring that. And then um, I did, I did order some, Santa Claus brought me some gift certificates. So I have to, I want to see what all you guys got from Santa, but I got a bunch of new kits and some Sprue Brothers gift cards. And, and, uh, but I, I hopped on, you know, just my usual typical day when I'm just scrolling through, see what's new in the newly listed section. And there was a Ukrainian, like, UAV thing. And I was like, well, that's kind of neat. And I thought the markings were kind of cool. It had a neat shape to it. So I, so I, it, I think ClearProp does it. Some Ukrainian, I can't remember the, the name of the actual um, unmanned aircraft, but it's pretty cool looking. I think it's 48 scale. So I snagged that. I'm anxious to put that together. So then... Um, uh, Santa brought me the to me F thirty five B, the new one, the forty eight scale one, and he brought the Magic Factory, the Corsairs, which are cool, and uh, some Mark fourteen thirty second scale um, Spitfire decals. So that's that's what Santa Claus brought me. How about you guys, man? What did what did you, did you guys get any good modeling stuff? I got uh, those um, glass files from Infinity, the uh, the oh, glass cool. files that they have. Mm-hmm. those are nice they are they are uh, i got those and uh and then in my stocking i had like you know those little uh micro brushes you know stuff like that and uh even got on a tube of this Uh oh you ready 
I'm ready. You got Tester's tube glue. Tube glue. <laughs> yep. So I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. What this. the hell are you going to do with that? I was going to say, what in the Sam <laughs> hell? What are you going to do with that? Could sniff it. Speaking of it. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Because I remember the blue one. Smells like oranges. No, 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 Don't do that. Still smells like oranges. Still smells like oranges. Oh, yeah. That's the that's the one that doesn't have the Halloween in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's got something else in it that makes it person friendly. Um. Well, Fro, you talked, you just mentioned the the little um, type of scrub brush, little brushes or Microbrush. like, what, what are, what are they? Those are those, uh, those, these, right? Yeah. Those. Oh right there. man. That is yeah, like little micro brushes, micro brushes. That is like the best. There's your tool and tip right there is yeah. I use these exclusively for cleaning airbrushes. Oh, That's yeah, what I use. Ah, good and idea. it's good too for, um. That's a good, that's good gouge. The uh, tip is pretty thin, so you can bend it. And if you have to clean stuff off a windscreen, you can kind of stick it up inside the windscreen. Yep. You get it wet, you know, some of that Novus cleaner. Or you or have, you have you, to, yeah, you can get it like you can bend it. Yep, exactly. And, then, and you can and get, then get it up underneath. Inside the airbrush too. Or if you need to clean, like you get a can, like you said, you got a, some schmutz on a, inside of a canopy. Just make sure that's not the one you use to clean your airbrush because then you'll get more schmutz all over. <laughs> Damn you guys. Now, just when I thought I didn't need any more tools, I find another one I need. Dude, yeah. got a, I got a whole yeah. mess load of them, yeah. Same here. I, and they come in like, I, I bought some on Amazon six, seven years ago, and it was a, it was like a thousand. And oh there my were God. Four, four or five different sizes. Yeah, and I paid like 10 bucks. And there's four or five different sizes. And they they're listed as eyebrow brushes for makeup yeah. but man they're perfect i use them that, for applying glue you know for super glue and that because it'll hold super glue unlike a uh, needle or something where it you know drips off or whatever and just ruins your day but the yeah. best place to get those micro brushes is when you're getting your teeth cleaned at the dentist Ooh, then yeah. just say hey do you have any different sizes you can spare and because you know i'd ask allison all the time I, I, I just, she was at her, she was doing something one day and I, she had, she had brought some of those home and I'm like, hold on, wait, 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 what, where'd you get these? Did you got these, you get these from work. And so whenever I went and met her at work to go to lunch one day, I was like, Hey, um, where are those brushes? <laughs> <laughs> so she like took me into the back and they got like all the sizes and shapes. And I was like, all I'll right. take this one. I'll take that one. That was several years ago, and so I'm, I need to get some more. I didn't take a whole lot, but I did take some. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I didn't get any kit wise. I bought myself a uh, the Halberd models SC one uh, Seahawk Seahawk. Yeah, the uh, float plane that was on the uh, deck of the Missouri in the Japanese surrender. You know, the Japanese or Japanese. It was an American um, scout float plane that was using on like battleships and stuff. And, uh, and I peed that just ordered today. I got the, um, Nautilus models catapult for that thing. And I'm going to do like a little vignette of that sitting on that catapult and kind of like what, why you did have one of those Tamiya pilot figures that they have in that pretty nice set that they, that they do down there, you know, like he's getting ready to climb aboard and, and go flying. You won't build it. Probably not. <laughs> but I'll have it. <laughs> But you'll have it. Yeah, so that's all Santa Claus brought for me. You hoarder. 
Darren, yep. what about you, man? Did you get anything? Yeah, I'm a hoarder too. <laughs> uh, Santa Claus. Santa Claus got me a new silhouette cameo for. So I'm oh. I am now diving headfirst into this rabbit hole that is cutting stencils. <laughs> it's a you good know. place to go, man. Cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's actually pretty it's really not as far as I thought. It's uh the the software is pretty simple. Uh says so I'm having fun. Of course I had to go and spend more money so I get myself or mask, et cetera, et cetera. Now I've got to try and figure out how to cut, you know, Tamiya tape sheets, uh yeah. which is a whole different animal. The cameo is a lot user friendlier than the cricket because it's a pain in the rear end trying to figure out the cricket software to do what you want it to do. Yeah. And uh, so the way I do it is there's a uh, Facebook page that has files and I can I convert them over to like a SVG and I bring yep. them into the cricket that way. And yeah, I did a little bit of that research. There's some forums out there that's got like I think I shared that with you, Tim. They had like mm-hmm. the uh, uh, Royal Navy uh, fonts and you know all that all that yep. jazz already done. Air so. Force fonts, Navy yeah. fonts. Yeah, just download them. Why do you got something or what's up? Uh, I said I was just gonna shout out to Frildo because he hooked me up with that and made I my did. stencils for the C forty seven that I'm gonna do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah stars and bars and uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's something, something, to, something to remember. You know, creating an SVG to import it into your your uh, program. Um, there's a free app instead of spending the money for Adobe or, or, you know, the high end drawing programs. Uh, it's open source. Um, it's called Inkscape. It's uh, yep. very, very user friendly. Um, it's what I, I've been using Inkscape since, uh, oh gosh. Well, it, whenever I got my silhouette, which was probably eight years ago, seven, eight years yeah. ago. And, um, and it's a, it's a great application, easy to use. Yep. And, I, I use that to create everything and then um, just import that in and um, print away. And I, there's a plugin, I, from what I understand, where you can print directly from uh, Inkscape and, uh, or cut directly from Inkscape. Inkscape. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I haven't tried it yet. It's gotten so simple. Now just scan the damn decal sheets in and size them the way you want them. It's sized right there in the silhouette software yeah. and, you know, start cutting. So Yeah, exactly. Yep pretty cool stuff and then i i ended up buying myself uh my very oh, gannet. gannet yeah, yeah the old gannet so oh, wow. it's a, oh yeah, that's gonna that be a one fun those. one i've gotten a copy of airfix model world for you where dude did a, a build of it in the airfix magazine oh nice nice yeah, yeah. I'll next time I'll, see, I'll give that to you that thing's like Perfect. it's like the prowler right it's just ugly as all get out <laughs> it but is. it's so cool it, yeah I mean, it's, it's like so, how the it's so ugly it's cool. and all that yeah, it's it's neat looking. That yeah, we should do like a you know like a group build like a choose your ugly ass aircraft or something yeah. like that. Like yeah. as ugly as you can get, but ugly but cool or I don't know something like that. Well, go, ugly know, I, yeah, go ugly early. Yeah, go ugly early. Go ugly early. That that would be a good topic. <laughs> yeah, go ugly early. I uh, you you guys know how I'm about doing folded wings. I like all my wings spread. I know frill uh, whitey. Sorry, you're whitey. You're a, a fan of folded wings. Yeah, yeah, man. If it's a Navy this, plane and the yeah. option is there to fold them, sure, yeah. man. Well, yeah. This is one I will absolutely be folding because I just think it looks really yeah. ugly. Yeah. <laughs> like yep. that, man. So. Yeah. Like a little gu- big old fat guppy fish or something with some little... But the wings, it's just... It's still... It's just one of those ugly 
cool looking planes, man. I see, well, I see Ralph Macchio and Karate Kid with his hands up, ready to kick you in the face. <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> that, oh, that, that takes you that, back. That kid's, pretty, that kid's fairly new. So speaking of new stuff, I, I did, um, I don't know if this is new. This probably isn't new. I'm just excited about it. But I saw the release date of the Edward 48 scale P51Bs are like March, April time frame. So I think that that would be kind of yeah. neat. I, I love the B. I, that's probably my favorite variant of God, I wish Tamiya would like if Tamiya would do a B, a P 51 B in 30 second scale, that would be something that I think that would be, that would be yeah. on my wish. That's list. a all new tooling too, kit yep. like from the ground up, all new yep. molds, everything. And have, you, have you guys ever built the Tamiya P 51 B? I mean, I assume it builds pretty similarly to the, you know, to the I got B, two in a so. stash. Yeah. I got a couple of them too. Yeah, I thought I'm I'm kind of excited about that. And I think there's been a whole bunch of new stuff mentioned uh, so much that I'm kind of like, yeah, I can't remember all of it. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're all oh, coming yeah. out with their new lines now, right? Well, Airfish just announced uh Edwards yeah, announced stuff. Yeah. Oh, and Trumpeter coming from the top rope with a 30 second scale S3B Viking I did see that. and in one in 72 scale. I did see that. We'll yeah. see. That's yeah, why. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Probably have to grab one down in. And speaking of that, I read some interesting articles recently about the hobby dying, you know, and sometimes there's some fairly good argument. Yes, there's some fairly good arguments for why they think it really is dying. And then, but I'm like, I, I, I just to each his own, you know, have your, your viewpoints and all that. But I mean, they've got the best kits and the best paints and the best accessories and decals that I've ever seen ever. So I think if that was not the case, then maybe I would agree that it's dying. But I think that for me, it's the golden age just keeps getting better and better. Like you walk around the corner and you're just like, holy crap, it just got a little bit better. And then you go around the next corner. You're like, I just got a little bit. I don't know. That's just that's just how I feel about it. And then you've got Furball. He's coming out with more P40. Another 47 sheet. And these are for P47 ends. I, I, I asked Jeff how his. P47 sheet was selling and he's like it's flying off the shelf can't he's about sold out so get get your copies folks of that That's sheet because it's they're going to be they're going to be they're going to be gone HTF OOP yeah and he's coming out I guess he's coming out with another sheet I mean but everything that everything that he touches kind of turns to gold he picks good subjects you know he picks you know good schemes and um, golden you can't go wrong with anything furball Good stuff. And, uh, well, since we're on the P47, I kind of splurged and uh, I bought myself the um, Halberd Models XP72 conversion. It was the uh, radial engine late war, post-war variant that they were going to do to kind of round out my uh, P47 family. And now I need to get the uh, P47B from, uh, from Clearprop and I'll be good and I'll have pretty much, I can do the entire family of P47s. That's, that's one hell of a cool looking aircraft though whether it's i got yeah it's neat it is and it's really cool and so i've also got his um halberd models p51d racer conversion he sent that one to me you know do like kind of like a review on and i just opened it up and uh and and these are cast resin and the panel lines and the rivet detail all match the rest of the kit because they're beautiful one you get new left and right fuselage sides and then you get pieces. You got to take the kit, the Edward kit, 
and you got to cut, you know, some parts off the wing and add some new resin parts to it. And the panel lines are all there. They're the same, they're the same depth, the same thickness, you know, the same, the same width, the rivets are all there. And I haven't seen, I haven't seen any of his, his molds that are, that suck yet. Uh, the, everything that you've shown, the ones you've got, uh, his stuff is beautiful. It's just all cast really, really nice. Yeah. What's, and what's just, his website again? Cause I, I, I want to hop on, so, I want to get some of that stuff. Do you have it handy? Yeah. Yeah. Halberdmodels.com. Wow. That's simple, huh? Yeah. He's got a Facebook page too. And, um, do you know how to spell it for Yeah. H A L B E R D. Halberd. Got it. Get on there, folks. Check it out. Cause I, I yeah, it's, I, I got to get on there and grab me a couple copies. Just because it's it's just such a neat, such a cool looking aircraft. Yeah, and he cool. tells you too, you know. So this the P fifty one conversion is for the. It says to use the Edward um, Overtrees kit because that's just the sprues. You know, you don't get any of the photo etch that kind of stuff. And so you can kind of pretty inexpensive conversion when you think about it. So you can get an Overtrees kit for like what fourteen, nineteen dollars, I think. Or if you know somebody. Yeah, or if you know someone who has one and. Uh, <laughs> Even the decals look good. I mean, with it going over a yellow, I may try and make some make some masks or something. I don't know. It seems pretty simple enough, but but no, it's a uh, very good, very good stuff. Very good. The yellow. I know. So I'm trying to think like uh, why he's got PTSD yellow? on that shit, man. Oh man, give, give white nightmares. Don't appreciate on it, <laughs> man. Shoot it white, shoot it yellow. Oh, actually, what's it? Pink that they say is a pink, good uh, think, base. Yeah. yeah. They uh, yeah, yeah, that's salmon. That salmon base. I, I have some of that, but I don't I don't know what color yellow that is. And he doesn't really tell you what eh. like what color yellow. So looks like a pretty bright bright yellow. It's almost like a lemon yellow. Yeah. It is. Not to not to go back, but Darren, you had mentioned early in the in the old cast that um, about pre-shading and post-shading and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I have tried to not like pre-shade mm-hmm. and I just, can't, I just can't do it. I, 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 to me, it's, it's not like I'm, to me, I don't call it, I don't think it's pre-shading, even though I guess some people would say, Hey, that's looks like you're pre-shading, but it's really, I'm starting the painting process. Like I don't do just the panel lines. Like I'm, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And then I, because I love the painting process more than anything in model building, then the pre, so, you know, if you want to call it pre-shade and then the base and then the post or whatever, to me, it's just all painting. It's all painting the model. And, uh, I love the post-shading stuff. I love all the little, I love the oopsies when you like paint it and you're not, maybe not happy with it. So you go back with the base and you have to cover something up and then you go back again with a little bit of a different shade. And then that's not quite right either. So you maybe put a little bit more of the base back. And next thing you know, you've got this super interesting color with all these variations and this depth and all these tones and hues. That's what I love about. I I just, that is why I build models is give me an airbrush, give me some sling and so I can sling some paint. And I'm a happy camper. And then when I have to move on to decals and I have to use gloss, <laughs> <laughs> he's done. I'm done. Yeah. And I hate that. I hate that it, you know, the, the gloss coats just, there's a reason why I don't like gloss coats. And 
like with painting an aircraft, there's just, again, it's just so much wiggle room, so much room for error. You can, in fact, screw ups are like Bob Ross would say, happy little accidents, but you screw up the clear coat and you're, yeah, you're screwed. You're yep. stripping. That's what I had to do. If Folks, if you're not aware, I jacked up. I don't know how, but it just happened. I had the, the A6A. It was all painted. I I polished. I weathered. Everything was done. The wash was done. And all I did was put a clear coat on it. And for some reason, the entire model was fine. But the tail looked like World War III had had. It was just this. It's like the clear coat was like eating itself. And so I asked the guys, I'm like, what do I do? And why do I think you were the first one that popped up and you're like, strip it, man. And so I did, I was like, yep, because there's no, there's no way to recover from that. I mean, I tried sanding with like heavy sandpaper and it was just making it worse. It it was just making the orange peel look like, and so I was like, you know what? Screw this. Before I throw this thing against the wall, I'm just going to take a deep breath. I'm going to set it aside. And I came back the following day. I whipped out a couple Q-tips and some lacquer thinner. Or maybe I think I used, I think I just used isopropyl alcohol, 91%. Took my time, took that crap right off. Repainted, recovered, no problems. And got the clear coat on. I used a different clear coat. I used the GX100 is what I used the second time, and it was perfect. What I had used before was to me a clear decanted. But I think the problem was that I used all of it. So there was probably an odd mixture and like the last of it. And so when I decanted that and sprayed it, I think there was just the chemical composition was off a little bit. And that's why it just almost looked like it attacked the tail. So I'm not going to do that again. No more decanting using clears. I'm, I mean, the GX stuff is it's works perfect. So I, that's what that's my go-to gloss from now on. I had no problems when I resprayed the tail with that gloss and happy days. Sorry for the, the, the rabbit hole little bit, but just made me think about the painting and the clear coats. And, and I think the bottom line folks is like, you know, and we probably not going to, I don't know how much we're going to talk about this, just maybe a little bit, or maybe even next episode, but you know, there's some things that I'm trying to do as I'm moving forward this year, which is I ain't gonna worry about, I'm not gonna stress about models and I'm going to try and enjoy it more and just kind of have fun and, and build a lot more and stress less. So anyway. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. It's well, if you remember, I had, I had an issue as well with the, the phantom where I'd go ahead and set about the same time. I had to strip the sides of the intakes. Yep. You, you sure know. did. Man. So, you know, did the same thing with the uh, isopropyl yep. and took it down and fixed the issue and go back to it. And, you know, I think that's the key is, you know, not, not getting upset and stressed out over, put it down, walk away, clear your head, come back the next day and then, yep. uh, you know, re-engage. It, and uh, there's something me, to be said for doing that. You know, it took maybe 20 minutes to yeah. take the paint off. I just used Q-tips and just kind of slowly work the area. Yep. And the here. crazy, like, you know, I, I didn't use, I could have used something maybe a little bit heavy, a little harder, a hotter liquid that would have taken it off quicker, but then you run the risk of marring the plastic. And I know that the isopropyl is not going to mar the plastic at all. And right. so I got it all off, just a quick little light sand where that demarcation was and painted it and can't, can't tell at all. So, yeah. yeah. Yep, cool. Point, happens so. to all of us, you know, we're not, just not, a, we're not immune have, to any of the modeling 
the demons. <laughs> That's right. Just uh, I think the key there is patience and not losing your cool over it and kind of just walking away. It was so, close, man. It was close. Yeah. I almost slung that sucker against the wall. I came freaking two nanoseconds away from chunking it. <clears throat> And I don't, I was just like, man, I put a lot of work into this thing to get it to this area. Just, just walk away, man. So I, yep. <laughs> I did. And I'm, glad, I'm glad that I did. I would have been really upset because I would never have built another one. You know, it's somebody had, I think somebody had sent on Facebook like, oh, how, what's the kit like? I'm like, uh, I don't know, dude. You know, long before I ever got to the tail, it's, it's, it's work putting it together. Airfix just released their 2024 kit rep- new kit report anything stand out to you guys in there uh, you oh know, yeah I, I haven't given it a lot what do you got what do you got tim because i i, I looked yeah. at it and i wasn't you know over the moon uh well b24 h yeah i was gonna say that b24 yeah, is really that. nice yeah. yeah b24 h because the only other h you can get is the academy one and it's a j with um decals and a and a new turret uh but the whole nose is different between the j and the h so you you have to do a bunch of mods in order to make it right i guess a lot of folks were real happy that it was an h right and not yes a typical j that's right well some people wanted an earlier one like a c i think it is is a b24 the d the d D. yeah that's the one with the uh no turret in the nose yeah yeah i I mean i could see either somebody modify you know an, uh, an aftermarket or or even AFX coming right behind and retool and uh, a nose section. You know, I mean, I don't know what the breakdown of the kit looks like, but yeah, they, they haven't shown the breakdown of the kit yet. They've just shown some 3d um, renders that show the entire fuselage and the, you know, all built up. Um, but yeah, if they, if they break the kit down as a uh, similar to how Academy broke their kit, where each of the different noses were because from the, Essentially, from the cockpit forward was the big change. Um, otherwise, all the the changes were fairly minor, and um, uh, that would be that would make it open for them to release or aftermarket to release a uh, a sprue or resin or three D print or something, um, and you can make any nose you want, and and then you can make any variant. Yeah, man. Well, Tim, Tim, while we're kind of on that, uh, let, let's kind of. I got to ask you about 72 scale stuff. You've seen new coming out for the new year. Have you seen anything else out there that really, really gets your goat, gets you excited? Yeah. Um, just, uh, Edward's, um, 72nd scale P 51 D that yeah. one excites me. And, and it explains why Arma hobby delayed theirs. Cause I know they talk to each other. Um, cause they're, uh, I don't, I don't know if they're friends or not, but they're, they're certain, certainly friendly. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, um, that's, that's the only other one that really kind of gets me excited. Um, I'm, I'm interested in Airfix's uh, Swift, um, their FR5. Um, I, you know, yeah, it's a jet, but it, it's a, from what I understand, it's a pretty nice kit. It's a re-release and they sold out of that thing fairly quickly because it was just something that when they first released it a few years ago, so they're re-releasing it. And uh, I'm going to grab one this time because it it was listed as a good kit. I you know the uh, there's a lot of people excited about the uh, CH47 Chinook that they're releasing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not I'm not a Hilo guy. I'm just not excited by that. So um, I mean I looked at it and it's like eh, it looks like an okay kit. Um, 
I mean, and Airfix has gotten better with their plastic over the last couple of years. So it's not as soft and, um, the, yeah. the, the details are starting to look better. Um, I'm, I certainly, the kits I've been buying lately are, are looking, uh, looking much better than they did, uh, five years ago. Yeah. I'll say the, the, the gannet, the sprues in this thing and the plastic, it reminds me a lot more of like Edward plastic or mm-hmm. Huskow, like a mix of Edward and Huskow plastic. It's, right. it's a, it's much crisper, the details. It's mm-hmm. a little bit harder plastic. Yeah. And the reviews I've seen of the builds and these, the, they're, they're all over the place. You can look, people can go on YouTube and look at all these builds. They're all great that no one's had any complaints about fit or anything, I guess. So right. they're stepping their game up for sure. I was really excited when they came out with their, uh, uh, H3, the, was mm-hmm. it the, uh, West West King. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, I would like to maybe jump on that one but the that one with you the chinook doesn't do much for me i'm sorry Scott. Me, no i was just saying that chinook doesn't do anything zero absolutely zero for me um no. it's you know whatever um but the what what makes me scratch my head airfix is why don't you guys do a new tool jaguar a buccaneer a tornado like those are like it's a hall even maybe a, a maybe a I guess not a Harrier, but some of the other, like, I mean, the meat of the RAF in the 70s and the 60s and the 80s, I just feel like that nobody does a good uh, Jaguar and nobody does a good, um, I mean, they have an, an early model Buccaneer, but I'm, I'm, I want the Gulf War model. I can't mm-hmm. Oh, that one's coming. That is. Yeah, that I one's coming. coming. Yep. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, that one's coming, and I I could see them doing a jag. A lot yeah. of people, you know, because they had a little uh thing on their Facebook page asking mm-hmm. people, and, yeah. and Jaguar was like top. Yeah, I would yeah. just assume that would be like absolutely, you know, and and the quality that their new because yeah, you can look at their new stuff; it's light years from what their old stuff used to be. You know, mm-hmm. just super thick gates and just crappy plastic and horrible fit and gaps from you know where and. Yeah, I, but the new stuff is not like that. New stuff is no. yeah. is fantastic. So I'm I'm really hoping, yeah, if we can get that nuke that Gulf War. Because I man, I, I came so close to getting I just think the Buccaneer is just uh oh, it's just so again, that would be my ugly, my cool ugly one. Yeah. It's just I think it's a neat bird. And uh but I but I gotta do a Gulf War one. You know, I, I don't wanna do I don't wanna do any other scheme. Yeah. So Yeah, it's it's coming, man. We'll like see. I think uh sometime this year. It could cool. be, yeah. It, the um, if not this year, then certainly next year. The one of the things to remember is that their new release list is kind of sparse, uh, especially in '48. That's usually indicative of they're going to surprise us with one or two kits later <laughs> in the year. That they, which they did in '23, right? They did. They, uh, yeah. It was like three kits that they popped on us without uh, any warning. Yeah, that's true. And that is um, true. So, it, and, and it was received, well-received by everybody. And, um, so it, I expect that to happen. Yeah, that yeah. Gannett came out of left field. It did. Yeah. That one really took everybody by surprise. I don't think yeah. it no, really uh, came out of left field. Yeah. So did the 410 that they released in November. I mean, nobody saw yeah. that coming. And, uh, uh, although I, I guess there's one guy who, uh, um, you know, bragged that he predicted it and it's like, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, you know how does that saying go? A thousand monkeys, you know, with a thousand yeah. typewriters, and you'll get uh, war and peace. 
after a thousand years. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. Okay. Um, I guess if I, I I could randomly pick an airplane and, and, uh, I randomly might get lucky, but, uh, it's kind of hard to predict that kind of stuff unless you're in the know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's the stuff that's excited me. And, and the only, I, I was, I was not surprised when, uh, KP, um, uh, you know, and, and hopefully the KP lovers don't shoot me for this, but, you know, of course they immediately announced that, uh, they were also doing a P51D family right after Edward announced theirs, uh, including, uh, box art and a whole lot of other stuff, but no sprues. And it's like, you know, they're just, um, they, they directly compete, um, at a nasty level with, uh, Edward. Um, and, uh, they're, they're, they're usually very quick to badmouth um, Edward. So um, I like some of the KP kits, but um, come on, guys. Uh, just because they uh, announce it doesn't mean you got to jump on that bandwagon. Um, but if they do, uh, they're, they might not be bad kits, and they might be a, an inexpensive alternative to uh, Edward as long as they're made at, at a decent quality and not just, uh, you know, popped out as fast as possible with some flaws. Yeah. Well, along with uh, some of the new kits, just I really want to touch real quick on something else that is new that I came across here for uh, 2024. Have you guys seen uh, Sprue Brothers uh, launch their VIP, their uh, Sprue Brother Models VIP Club? Yeah, I saw that. Kind of like the Amazon Prime deal. That's uh, Mm a... That's a pretty good deal. Just uh, for the listeners, y'all get a chance. So I'll put the uh, link in the show notes. But if you go to Sprue Brothers, their website, there's a VIP club link uh, up in the top ribbon there. Uh, some pretty cool stuff. Uh, if if I mean, if you're ordering a lot, right, because there's a cost associated, kind of like with Amazon Prime. But uh, if you're ordering a lot of stuff, there's some really good benefits here. Um just to highlight a couple here, here's a big free shipping on uh, orders over seventy five dollars. That's that's free standard shipping uh, in the lower forty eight. And, and what's the cost of the membership? So the the cost is one hundred twenty dollars a year at the beginning of the year, uh, ninety dollars yeah. if it's purchased after uh, May first. Okay. So it, you know you're not going to pay for obviously a full year. Um, sure. Some of the benefits though uh, to that, I mean, let's think about just the shipping piece, you know, on orders over $75, you could take a Tamiya F14, which are already over your $75. Yep. And yeah, that free shipping yep, is, is uh, your, your shipping's paid for. Now, if you're ordering something, you know, once a month or so, this is really going to pay off for you in the long run. Um, that free shipping as well, it's that's up to $75 to $200. And that standard shipping and everything totaling over $200 is free expedited shipping. Uh, from, huh. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm still listening. Let's see. There's a 2% rebate. Yep. 2% rebate on or, on orders placed as a member through October 31st. Can you retroactive me to last year? <laughs> <laughs> right. right. God, man, I spent so much last year. It's stupid. Just ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not oh, doing yeah. that again. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I, no, I did too. I did. Well, look, all you just all the the gift th- cards you th- got. Thousands. I mean, thousands and thousands. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. And then I sell all that shit at PaxCon. <laughs> you did. You sold a bunch of stuff, didn't you? I did, man. No, I need mean, Pax, PaxCon is the way to go. I'm, I'm, I am done with eBay. I'm done with eBay selling. Buying, I'll buy all day on eBay. But man, they. I, I lost my 
lunch on eBay as a seller. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I may get a decent amount for the kits, but after they take their cut, I'm only putting like, I don't know, 55, 60% in the bank. Uh, there's wow. a, and it used to be, you might only, you would, you would maybe pay like maybe three or 5% or something yeah, like you that. Still, it used to be in the single digits. Yeah. And now it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot. So I'm not doing that selling on eBay stuff anymore, but I'll buy on eBay. And that's why a lot of sellers they'll jack they'll figure that into the price, and that's why you see oh, yeah. the price shipping for a, four bucks or some takes like seven yeah. bucks to ship something, and yeah, whatever, man. It's yeah. out, it's outrageous, Elmo, outrageous. Well, well, uh, it, there's also there's a couple other things on here. Uh, free calendar for the following year that you remember, like this year, you'll get a 2025 uh, calendar uh, starting next year free from them, and uh, and then VIP gifts. Uh, for folks attending nationals that are VIP members, on the calendars, it's those calendars that he always puts out, where like yeah. like warbirds and stuff, you know. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool stuff. And then uh, another big one is pure periodic. I can't even talk right now. Members only sales. You know how they do their lightning lightning deals? Yeah. We're going to have uh, sales throughout the years that uh, pertains just to, to members as only. So pretty cool stuff for listeners out there. Check them out over at uh, Sprue Brothers. Like I said, the VIP club links at the top. And, uh, you know, if I hear of any sales and stuff, I'll put them out here just to kind of give an example uh, as we uh, move through the season. So, yep, there you go. That's I thought it was a pretty cool deal. What else? 24-wise, you guys excited to see or hoping to see? I know we I got some new aftermarket stuff. Do you? Yeah. Why don't we talk about them? Not you. Yeah, I love aftermarket stuff, man. <laughs> Not you. You know, as far as Christmas goes, I didn't, I didn't get anything from Santa. Uh, Collect- collectively, we didn't do gifts just because of the whole wedding thing coming up. We were all like, all right, we're not blowing money on gifts, folks. So, um, But in the meantime, oh, okay. that doesn't that mean, I didn't, uh, it, that that didn't mean I didn't treat myself here and there, though. Come on, man. Um, you got, a, you got so, a couple of things from Santa. Well, f- f- yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we had the club... Uh, that's right, the club extravaganza. Party. That that, that, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, got a nice got a nice mug, uh, coffee cup. That was what? not from the uh, from oh, the club. I don't, no, no, no. Oh, okay. I, uh, you know, unfortunately, folks, I had COVID, so I couldn't attend the uh, Christmas party. But the uh, um, I, yeah, I'm kind of curious as to what you guys wanted that. <laughs> I, I picked up a special hobby firefly, which I was pretty happy with. Okay, but that good. was. Pre, you know, prior to me getting, you know, you know how it works, folks. It was a dirty Santa thing. So I had in my hands at one point the new Eduard FM2. Um, I think I had a uh, maybe an, a Tamiya F16 at one point too. I want to say. Oh, jeez. Uh, I had a lot of nice kits, and wow. you know, it, they all got, of course, taken from me uh, <laughs> until I finally, you know, in the end, I wound up with a special hobby. Firefly Mach 5, which uh, that aircraft is one of my favorites. Uh, so yeah, I went home cool. and happy Tampa, no doubt. You know, everyone went home happy that night. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, some of the new aftermarket stuff that popped that are or new to me, um, I was watching someone build something online and I noticed in the background that they had a set of 707 flaps and slats or 707 flaps and that aircraft doesn't have slats, but it has what we call forward leading edge flaps because they actually come down and forward. Anyway, um, 
and they were made by a company called uh, LASIC, L-A-C-I-C, all in caps. Not sure if it's an acronym or a company name or what, but, huh. uh, you know, I, and I want to build another Tacoma V6. And so when I saw those sitting in the background of this guy's, you know, photos, I Googled and checked them out and, you know, ordered up a set of those. But they also just came out with a set of 737 TAC-800 uh, flaps and slats. Uh, the 7.3 does have slats in the traditional sense. Um, so, you know, those will also work for the P8. Uh, so they're, they're, they're labeled as 7.37 TAC 800 slash P8A flap. So I picked up a set of those as well. Uh, these things are 3D printed, uh, really nice quality. Um, I'm, you know, not sure, you know, haven't, haven't built this thing yet. So, you know, fit-wise and all that stuff. In the box, things look nice. Um, but check them out. L-A-C-I-C, uh, you know, just Google them. And uh, they make a, a lot of 1-144 scale stuff for airliners and a few select 70-second scale items, and uh, all of it looks really cool. Um, on top of that, um, I think I probably on our last show before closing out last season, I talked about BAM model, and I picked up the EA-18G next-gen jammer pods from them guys. And uh, yep. it wasn't but a couple of days later that somebody posted on ARC that that company was closing up shop and uh, you know, it went to this site and sure enough, the owner, you know, he posted that, yeah, you know, I have to close up. Uh, I believe it had something to do with the new job he was taking on. Yeah. He just had to uh, postpone his work for a bit. Um, in, in the interim, uh, Dave Roof from flying Leathernex, uh, uh worked out a deal with this guy. So his products are still going to be available, but through the flying Leathernex website. So, Check out that guy's side, BAM model. He makes a lot of cool stuff for um, modern jets, uh, modern aircraft. Um, I picked up, again, the, the new jammer pods that the, that the growlers are using these days in 48 scale. And also, he makes a cool uh, E2C Hawkeye main entry door uh, area. So just like the avionics racks and the equipment rack that is just inside the door. And it's all 3D printed stuff. Looks really great. Uh, and it, uh, just like I said, he, he makes a lot of different items. Um, so check out his site. And uh, again, there, there should be a note. I haven't looked at the site recently, but Dave, Dave from flyingleathernex.com uh, had a, uh, a news release, a press release, whatever you want to call it, uh, talking about how that stuff is still going to be available uh, for the foreseeable future through his site. So good cool, to hear. Hey modelers, Furball Jeff here. Are you tired of boring, underperforming, or inaccurate decals that just plain suck? Not to worry, Furball Aero Design has you covered. We have an extensive lineup of ultra high quality aircraft decals covering U.S. military aircraft subjects from World War II to the present day. Our extensively researched decal sets are printed to the hobby industry's highest quality standard by Cartograph of Italy. Only Cartograph can capture minute details with stunning fidelity. The colors on our sets are printed to match U.S. federal standard colors for maximum accuracy. Every furball set has numerous options and include lavishly illustrated detailed placement guides. Our decals have minimal carrier film and will give the markings on your model that painted on look. So if you're ready to take your build to the next level, check out our website at furballarrow-design.com. That's furballarrow-design.com. And now back to the geeks. Well, you know, kicking off the uh, the show circuit in uh, Region Two, and uh, 
shows and contests we got coming up. Well, we got, you know, kind of like one of my favorite shows to go to, and that's the IPMS Richmond is presenting their the Richmond ODO on 24 February over in Richmond, Virginia at the Richmond Raceway Complex. And uh, I noticed this year they're opening their doors at 0830 this time, so a half hour earlier. Yeah, a, l- a little bit earlier. And, and aren't, they, aren't they going to a different building at the race complex this year? Yeah, it says the um, Richmond Raceway Complex and the Old Dominion Building. So, because they've kind of they've outgrown the old building. Yeah. So, I mean, that's good. Which is freaking crazy because the old building is giant. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> Hopefully, it's right the building right next to it. I, I I'm not I familiar it enough be. with it. Yeah, but it's it's got to be within you know essentially the same place. Hobby's dying. Yeah, but the hobby's dying. Yeah, <laughs> got to get, got to have bigger venues for shows. But hey, the yeah. hobby's dying. Yeah, and then in Buffalo, New York, BuffCon thirty nine up there on seven April at Cheek Towaga, New York, <laughs> and those doors open at zero nine, and they're going to have specific categories for Warhammer, Gunpla, and Gundam categories. And for the kids, they're going to do Lego stuff for the kids. So it's about time they all got a little love, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Maybe I'll put go up there and enter some Warhammer stuff. Yeah. Well, you've got yeah, that in there. Yeah. Do, you know, I haven't taken that thing anywhere. You have not. I need to. You ought to take it uh, to ODO. Remember, all the all the cool yeah, kids dude. were in the Gumpla. Yeah, so they can kick my ass or anything and say, "Get out of here, <laughs> that crap punk!" <laughs> Never come around here no more. <laughs> and. uh then the Northern Virginia guys and IPMS Nova, they present the model classic on 13 April and up in Fairfax, Virginia. And the theme for this year's show is the road to victory, the 80th anniversary of D-Day, 6 June, 1944. And I do like the way Nova real quick, the way Nova does their, their shows. They do like a movie poster kind of yeah. for all their shows, which I think is kind of cool. And then, from our friends out West in Las Vegas, IPMS Las Vegas presents their best of the West, which is happening on 18 May at the Orleans hotel and casino in Las Vegas. Uh, Jay Bergeron, our buddy from out there, he sent us an email saying they had to change the date. So they moved it up. It wasn't going to be, I believe in June and they moved it up to uh, May. So now it's in May. I'd like to make it out there, man. I want to go. I've always wanted to go the best of the West. Um, I hear it's a great show. I'd like to go check that out. Hang out with Joe, have a couple beers, but maybe yeah, man, he's a, he's a card. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. And uh, and of course we have the uh, IPMS USA Nationals. You know, All American, Red, White, and Blue, seventeen to twenty July in Madison, Wisconsin, at the Monona Terrace Convention Center. And uh, you know, did you get a room? I did. <laughs> got a room. Dude, where's my room? Yep. So we're good there. And I'm not going to touch too much on it because for t- this episode, Samo and I, we sat down with, uh, with Jeff and did an interview and kind of gave his Nats update and kind of clear the air on some things. So Nats is coming up folks. So get your, get your models ready. And for more information, go check out www.nats2024.com. Man, that's going to be freaking awesome. I, I just like with anything, I, I know about you guys. I'm already excited. You know, I, I don't, I haven't figured out oh, whether yeah. I'm going to drive or I'm going to fly, but we were able to get, you know, a place to stay. And my, you know, Allison's going to come with me. And one other thing that we're going to do is, um, 
we're going to go rock hounding at night because there are some places along the lake that you can take like a black light and go looking for gems and rocks. And there's some, there's this, um, type of rock up there in the lakes called Yopalite. And when you hit it with a black light, it literally looks like it's hot lava. It looks like really? it's orange, yeah. yellow, like the like literally like the rock is on fire. It is the most amazing. She has some at because my wife, you know, Allison, she's got the her little crystal and rock shop. And she's like, You gotta see this. So she like turned the lights off and she turned the black light on it. I was I'll have to, sh- I got to show you guys in person what this shit looks like. Cause I was, fr- I was like, holy, that's real. And it <sighs> is, it, it is on, it literally, I'm not kidding you. It looks like there is a volcano getting ready to just spew lava when you put the black light on this rock. So that's what we're going to do that's a couple cool. nights. We're going to go, go over to the lake and we're going to go rock hounding. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, but it's just, I, I don't know whether we're going to fly or we're going to drive. We probably, we'll probably fly. Cause you know, I just, it's only like two hours from here. <laughs> Straight shot. Easy day. But uh, I think you guys are all planning on driving, right? Is is anybody not right. planning on driving? No, I'm driving. Annette and I are going to go up there and she's going to take the car and go do stuff during the day. And Cool. Uh, so, we're yeah, we're absolutely driving. Uh, she wants to go rock hound with us in the evening. She, you guys are more than welcome. to. It's neat. It's fun. I mean, there's Allison's got some spots. She's already talked to folks where we're going to go. So, I don't think it's that far. Cool. But. Just cool, an offer. Cool. Of course, you guys want to go. Anybody wants to go, you can go. But um, anyway, I'm excited. I think it'll be a blast. Tim, you're, I know you're driving. You got a whole bunch yeah, of stuff I'm, to carry up there, don't you? Well, I, yeah, I've got a bunch of uh, podcast <laughs> stuff to carry. The, um, yeah, the usual, that'll probably take up what, about half the back of the, the bed of the truck. And uh, so I'll drive up. And if Colin, hopefully, I need to talk to Colin. Uh, I was going to talk to him Thursday at the show, at the club meeting, but. Um, you know, hopefully he and he's I, already expressed an interest in sharing some, uh, uh, display table space with me. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Jump yeah on so, with him and, yep. you know, talking about carrying stuff up there, depending as well. And I'll kind of head over to you with this one, but when it comes to the overlord group build, uh, depending on what that display looks like and, uh, what all we have to set up on tables, uh, well, that's, that's something else we have to start planning out is what that display is going to, uh, look like. Speaking of the Overlord um, display, we're looking at so far like 45 models, aircraft models have uh, been spoken for on the Facebook page. So there's a lot of good stuff that's going to be there. And again, you do not have to enter the contest to participate. If you want to build a, you know, an airplane that participated in D-Day, the only rule is it's got to have invasion stripes and that's it. Now, have you and TJ started to uh, really look at the numbers and how many are going to be there and how many we're going to have on yet, display? Not yet, because no, because we're still a couple months out, and so I was going to try like around um, April time frame, early April, start putting feelers out there. Okay, hey, quick heads up, you know, hey, how many of you plan on coming so we can get that the you know numbers up so we can give it to Jeff and those guys and they can yeah. kind of. You know, I might want to back that up a little space. bit. We've got to start thinking about table space too and the actual display and how we're going to set it up. So uh, we're really going to need to get a good yeah. number before we start breaking out the band saws and the staples and glue and put stuff together. So, yeah. So for a complete list of shows in your neck of the woods, check out the IPMS USA website at www.ipmsusa.org slash contest. So Darren, band saws, 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do I need to, uh, do I need to, well, I, I mean, I've got a hitch. Do I need to start considering what size trailer I need to haul? Maybe. <sighs> you know, I did that. <laughs> I, I did that for the display at uh, 19 at uh, Chattanooga. You did. That was the race planes, right? Yeah, it was the <laughs> race planes. Yep. The plan. Yeah. The plan is only to take a trailer if, if I absolutely have to. Because I really, I really don't want to take a trailer. I don't blame you. I don't think we'll have to. I mean, we're going to do like a tiered display thing, right? Like, like I said, break out the bandsaw. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So we'll start. All right. So March then I'll start figuring out, you know, <laughs> put it out there. You know. Very cool. Display we'll need. Very cool. Hey, look, I'm just excited that we've got that much interest. I'm really looking yeah. forward to it. I can't wait to see what, what we have there. It's a. Uh, uh, There's a lot of different I mean, subjects. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Hell, I'm even building a damn howitzer for Christ's sakes, man. A long time. That's how excited I am. Uh, okay. I'm, so that's a I'm gonna do a I'll do a P47 <laughs> and a P51, and uh, I'm gonna do the the Detroit Miss P51D. Yeah, that I want to do. I'm gonna use the Airfix kit for it. So I'm gonna do that. Very cool. Yeah. Well, once I finish my uh, kits for the for the spring, I'm gonna dive into my. Uh, D-Day builds. I got two Spitfires I want to knock out. I got I got a Spitfire and a P-47. Very so, cool. Yep. Good times. Get my long time uh, this P-51 done. In the, for Whitey, he's got what, the C-47. So I think the geeks, we're going to be well represented uh, in the display, yeah. for sure. I know it. And um, I know we're talking, just talking Nats. Are, are you guys planning on bringing anything in other than just the just the display stuff? Or I'm going to try to bring probably just a couple of. I might only if I can finish the SU22. I wouldn't mind bringing that one, but um, and maybe the 109. But other than that, I don't really have much to bring other than the display stuff. Yeah. Like I said, I'm still on the fence. I don't know that I'm going to enter anything. I might just do a complete display table and just pull some stuff out of my uh display cabinet and just put it out there in the display area and hang out yeah man all good in the hood i may do the same thing yeah i may join you maybe we get get an extra table and i'll uh i'll join you yeah there you go have our own little southern maryland sig yeah (laughs) we'll call it the the paxcon sig paxcon sig yeah that'll work there you go but next year's 25 is pretty much in our backyard load up Get a trailer. To quote somebody, I'm about to fill all this oh, space, space up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I wouldn't have believed yeah. it if I didn't hear it. <laughs> I know. I was right. I was like, all right, man, you do you, boo. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have believed it if I didn't hear it. Well, hey, speaking of Nats, we uh you guys sat down, uh Frill, Scott, why don't y'all kind of give us a little uh intro into this main topic this interview here with uh with jeff all right so with all the stuff that was going on with the whole room fiasco and whatever i just wanted to you know sit down and have jeff go ahead and give a rundown of his latest you know what's latest and greatest with the nats where they're at and kind of give jeff a chance to get his piece out there about the whole room thing and it was pretty it's pretty like interesting how they figured out what happened with the room thing and uh, I won't go too much into it because Jeff talks about it in the interview and stuff. And uh, I was like, man, one of the questions I asked him was like, so what made you want to take this on, you know, to put on a NAS with, 
you know, running scale colors and, you know, life. And, you know, his answer to that was pretty good. So it was a good time. I just like to sit against the wall and let people kick me right in the. (laughs) Yeah. Smash my head against the wall. He did say he likes pain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. So why do you bang your head against the wall? Yeah. Yeah. Feels good when I stop. Yeah. Yeah, The whole reason for the interview is just to, you know, try to promote Nats, you know, get beyond all this, the, you know, it's just, Sometimes I, it's hard to believe that w- these are adults. <laughs> what? Know? Yeah. And it's just, yeah. just kind of a little bit of a head scratcher, but we wanted to Volunteers. bring him on and just, just be able, yeah, just be able to, we, you know, it's, it's a, to me, it's like knocking gnats or, you know, just, you know, I don't know, not being positive or trying to have a, I mean, cause we're all human beings, people. Like, it's just not, you know, nobody's perfect. Things are going to happen. It's not like, Jeff and his team are set out to like screw everybody. It's just, it's just stupid that people get all bent over nothing. I mean, you know, come on folks. And, um, so it was great to have him on and kind of provide his side. And, and, but the main thing is just to get people pumped about Nats. It's just, if you haven't been, then you you need to go. It's just, you know, it, it, the, the last time it was up in that area. I mean, I think it's been forever. And, um, it'll be great if you know, if you haven't, if you live up in the neck of the, up in the Northern part of the U S just make the drive, go to nationals. It's, it's be, it's so much fun. It's the four days go by so fast. It's unbelievable how fast it goes by. And when you miss it, it's like, I'm sure Whitey can attest, like he's not missing another <laughs> one, you know, it's, it's man, that's a shot across the bow. Yeah, you, <laughs> don't, it's, you don't want to miss, especially you when all your miss. buds are there. God. Yeah. And then you got to listen to him talk about it and it's cause you know what it's like. And so anyway, it's, it's, it's really to promote nationals and promote the hobby and just, you know, we're excited to see people and see our friends and hang out and just be, you know, a, a modeler and, a, and, you know, for uh, it, the world's biggest hobby shop too. Well, you know, don't forget about that. It's not just hanging out with your buddies and people, but it's just the vendor room. And this is, a, Oh yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a big one this year what he say it was it was like either 31 or thirty-seven thousand yeah. square feet of vendor space square feet so and it's all in one now. it's all in one room there's none of this multi-room it's just one shot go in close the door and just hang out and it's just just tons and tons and tons of vendors already so it's going to be giant i mean 30 something thousand square feet of models that's that's pretty awesome for four days and that's the mistake I made last year. Got there on a Wednesday. Uh-uh. I'm getting there on Tuesday this time. <laughs> anyway, it's it's a great interview. And uh, just again, just appreciate Jeff taking the time to, to spend with us and, and give us his thoughts and talk about nationals. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Come on, let's roll it. Hey, Model Geeks. Welcome. To- Nemo and I are sitting down and we are having a quick interview slash roundtable with the one and only 2024 Nats show chairman, Jeff Hearn. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah, thank you for uh, taking the time. I know you're busy. You've got, you know, Nats stuff that you're doing and you also have a business that you're running as well. So thank you for taking the time. Oh, it's my pleasure. We're uh, we're definitely herding cats and juggling kittens and <laughs> other things that'll get the ASPCA all worked up, but yeah, we got a, we got a hundred and one things going on. 
and um, some exciting stuff, a lot of stuff that's, you know, equally boring and tedious, but has to be done in order to get the Nats, you know, where, where we, we want it to be. And then, uh, Hey, you know, you want to buy a bottle of paint, hit me up. I'm always happy to, <laughs> I'm always happy to sell you a bottle of paint or a set of tracks. <laughs> well, Jeff, it's, it's great to, good to see you. Good to talk to you. Thanks for coming on. Like just echoing what Frildo said. And, uh, you know, I think we're all, everybody, we're, we're really looking forward to this nationals. Um, I, I think it's going to be fantastic. Even my wife was like, Ooh, you know, we've had, we have relatives that are up in, um, I think they live in Waukesha, which isn't too far from yeah, Madison. Right, right in my backyard. Yep, right there. And uh so she's like, Oh, can I come too? And I'm like, Absolutely. So like my wife's gonna come with me. And it's just there's so much to do other than just the model show for even the spouse. So it's it's just a neat area. I love I love that that part of the country at that time of year. It's just yeah. the weather is just perfect. And uh I, I have to admit, like I'm really, really excited. So I hope, you know, that we can bring you on and keep that enthusiasm and excitement going for the rest of our listeners and let everybody realize that it really is going to be fantastic. And we hope everybody can make it. Well, I, I hope that, you know, in the next hour or so I can do my best to keep it drama free. Um, cause I know that there, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that, that seems to be the overriding tone, uh, uh, lately, especially with, with, uh, everything that's going on. Um, but yeah, yeah you I, bet. this, this, this time of year, uh, you know, July in Wisconsin, um, I can promise everyone one thing that they did not get in San Marcos and San Marcos was a wonderful convention. Don't get me wrong. The guys that did it, they did a phenomenal job. It will not be 115 degrees in the shade. I promise you. <laughs> that is the only thing that I can actually promise. <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm a hundred percent confident that it won't be 115 degrees in the shade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now the, the, the average temperature, you know, in, in July, it ranges anywhere from, you know, 75 to 85 degrees on average. Yeah. Uh, it's Perfect. a wonderful time to be up here. Yeah. There's so much going on. Uh, there's so many things to do for your spouses and your kids. Um, you know, we're running some really, really awesome tours. Uh, we've got four major tours that are scheduled um, for the aircraft guys, obviously going up to the EAA Museum. Um, at Oshkosh, they're getting a VIP tour of the EAA Museum. Uh, we got a, a trip planned to the Harley Davidson Museum, and then um, one of the things that we did early on was we we looked at a lot of the post national surveys that went out, and yeah. and and we we tried to focus on the things that people were complaining about. And there's 101 things because everybody complains about everything. But there were a lot of overriding points that we saw. And one of them was, well, there really wasn't a lot for our wives to do. There wasn't a lot for our kids to do. So we added two tours. So 50% of our tours are geared towards our spouses and our, and our, and our kids. So we have one tour that's going to go to the Wisconsin Dells water park, um, you know, which is the Wisconsin Dells are world famous for their, for their water parks. Um, and then for the wives, we got a tour plan to the Wallersheim winery and distillery. So you can literally put your wife on the drunk bus, send her <laughs> up to Wallersheim. <laughs> She'll do a wine tasting, have a great time at Wallersheim, and then they'll drive her back to the hotel and pour her out into the parking lot. And you can, there you know, you go. and you can continue doing what you're doing for, with the, uh, with the convention. So we got a lot of neat stuff like that, that we're kind of planning we have in the works. Um, one of the things that we did, and as I mentioned earlier, we went through the post survey data and we looked at 
the things that people complained about. And when my team and I sat down, good God, probably a year and a half ago, we said, what can we do to address these things? We can't necessarily make them go away, but there's some things that we can expedite, some things that we can improve on so that we minimize the, the complaints that we get at the end of our national. And that tied into that whole concept that we put together that we're not looking to make this national the most profitable or have the most models on the table or break any records. That's, that's not our goal. Our goal is to give the people who are coming to the national convention the best possible time that they can have. Yeah. Um, you know, we want it to be a Roman spectacle. We want there to be so much to do that you are forced to choose, you know, between <laughs> all of the really cool things that you have to do. And if we can pull that off, if we can do that, people are going to come away from Madison, we hope, saying that, you know, qualitatively, this was the best convention that I've ever been to. And if we can do that and still break even um, and, and nobody, you know, hates IPMS Mad City Modelers when we're done because we did a good job, then, then we've accomplished our mission. And uh, if we can keep people happy, keep people entertained, um, provide them a great venue in which to, to have a great convention, I, I don't see how we can go wrong. I was going to say, so speaking of the venue and just some of the, some of the details, like just, just again, to kind of reset, like what are the dates, you know, the actual dates, um, in July now, right. It's normally in August, but it's in July now. And then, yeah. uh, the location and all that kind of all the, the who, what, when, where, why, just to reset folks. So, so give us so some of that. Been, info. It's been far enough out now. We were, we had to be kind of tight lipped about it initially. Yeah. We initially looked at being at one convention center on the other side of town and they gave us a really good rate and we immediately started looking at the hotels in that immediate vicinity and then some inside information kind of got back to us that they had an offer from another organization who wanted the same block of dates that that we had for our convention in August yeah. and we went in telling them that we had a hard cutoff date. We have to have our contracts signed by this date because all everything else then dominoes after that. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. date. Well, they stalled and they stalled and they stalled knowing that that date was coming and they would, they'd give us a contract and we'd say, well, we need this change. We want to add this space. We want this done. And of course the lawyers are involved at this point. And they just kept sending back the original contract that they had sent us the first time around with no changes. Oh, no, no yeah. you know, so we'd ask, we'd be asking for version five and they'd, yeah. oh yeah, sure. No problem. And then we'd get version one and then it would be another <laughs> eight weeks before they'd respond. And then they'd send us yeah. version one. They were deliberately stonewalling us. Yeah. Now, can I prove oh, that wow. in a court of law? Probably not, but it got to the point where we said, okay, we, this is untenable. So we went to the other convention center in town and we, we told them exactly what we were up against and we should have gone there in the first place, but sure. it's such a nice facility and it's such a high end facility that the, oh, yeah. the moment that I looked at it, I said, you know what? We're never going to be able to afford this. This is just, <laughs> it's, it's that nice. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a Frank Lloyd Wright. Oh, wow. Yeah. Building. It, it's a historic building. It's a, it's a phenomenal. Yeah. And I looked at it and said, there's no way we can afford this. 
Sure. You know, this is like a guy showing up for your Uber ride and he's driving a Ferrari. It's like, wait a minute, what did I get into here? <laughs> but, but after we explained what was going on, they were like, oh, absolutely. We'll take care of you and we'll match your budget. We'll, we'll be wow. right. So they, this new facility, the Monona Terrace Convention Center, their staff has been absolutely incredible. Fantastic. With, with working with us. Um, they're excited about what we're doing. Um, they think that, you know, what we're doing is like the coolest thing in the world. You know, you guys make these world and, and until and, we show up and they start, until we show up. Yeah. Until we show up. Yeah. 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 Like, whoa, hold on. Wait, 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 wait a second. Hold on. We thought you meant models. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like mo- human like, models. Not, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. 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 Never again. Never yeah. again. Well, wait till we show up and, and, yeah, and display our true colors and they'll never That'll be good. Us. It's going to be awesome. But, but we did explain to them, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I came in with, with videos that we had taken in San Marcos of the model room and of the vendor room. And I said, this is exactly what you're going to see here. Um, and they thought, wow, you know, this is, this is really cool. Um, so they have just been absolutely phenomenal. The downside is we had to move our date. Sure. Um, so, yeah. you know, and I, I, we're going back probably a year, more than a year now, um, where we went from August into July. So we're we're now July 17 to 20 um, at the Monona Terrace Convention Center. And it's an upgrade all the way around. Um, The previous convention center that we were at was considerably larger and more open and and one giant industrial-sized space. Yeah. Um, But there were no hotels that were connected to it. Every sure. hotel would have been either a walking or a driving uh, yep. hotel. This one does have a hotel, albeit a small one, connected to it. Um, it, it sits right on the lake. It's you know the the roof oh, of wow. the the roof of the convention center overlooks the lake. So hopefully it's not raining. Um, you know we're going to have. What, and what were the dates again, Jeff? Just what were the dates? Just let July everybody know. Seven, the date. Seventeen to twenty. Got it. Wednesday the seventeenth through Saturday the twentieth. Awesome, cool. All right, I gotta know, man. So you're busy with scale colors, yeah, yeah, and everyday life, everyday life. And one, one, I would like to applaud you guys because I think John Bonani said on Facebook today that you guys were the only ones to put a bid in for for the Nats this year. We were. Yeah, we and were. thank you for that because yeah, had you absolutely. guys not stepped up, you know, who knows what would be going on right now. Yeah. And what I got, I, I got to ask, like, what were you thinking? <laughs> like, <laughs> what made you say, "Hey, yeah. let's do this"? You know, it's just all right. Yeah. So, so, so here's how this here's how the story went. Um, we we run Mad City Modelers runs a show, a local show every year in Madison in the first week in March. Um, our show this year is March 2nd. And yes, we're doing our local show like three months ahead of the national convention. So we're doing two full-blown shows this year. Uh, we are at the point, we're at that tipping point where the existing space that we had was getting to be a little tight. So at the end of the show, la two years ago, I said to the the lady at the convention center, let's take a look at expanding our footprint 
so that our local show can move into a bigger convention space. Um, and she said, well, here, let's, you know, let's go take a look at the facility. So we walk through these doors of this room that we were in, which is about, I think grand total was probably about 15 or 20,000 square feet where we were having our local show. And she opens up the doors to literally like a 747 aircraft hangar. Wow. Like Indiana Jones and he's like taking the ark to put in the warehouse. And and I'm, we're all, there's like eight or nine of us and we're all just standing there kind of looking around in awe at this great big open space. And we completely lost focus on the fact that we just wanted to expand our footprint for our local show. And I turned to the two other guys, you know, the, the, the decision makers. And I said, we could have a Nats in here. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the response that I expected was, you know, vulgarity and, and what are you freaking crazy? And, yeah. And, and to a man, every one of them went, we could do this. <laughs> Three months later, we've got the are. bid for the national. Yeah. Yeah. There you you go. know, um, yeah. So it, it really kind of snowballed and, and, and it, it just, because it was the first time that an IPMS nationals has been North of Chicago since the eighties, I think it was 1980 was the last time that Milwaukee had a, a national convention. Um, so it hasn't been North of Chicago since then. There was a lot of enthusiasm. Um, all of the guys that were involved with the nationals, either in the Chicago area or up here have kind of, dare I say, they've, they've moved on attrition, you know, life, life has caught up. So we didn't have that knowledge base Mm -hmm. available to us to say, no, 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 don't do this. (laughs) Don't do this. (laughs) No, there was nobody there to talk us off the ledge. (laughs) So we dove in head first and good. Glad (laughs) there was no, uh, there was no one else who bid on, on the package uh, for, for 2024. And some people have said that the only reason that we got it was because no one else had bid on it. And we didn't know that going in. Um, yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. Cause they don't tell anybody, Oh, we had like six people or six chapters put a bid in for it. you. Don't, right. you, you don't know that we never, we never had that going in. Um, so my team and I prepped the, the presentation and did the nationals bid. And national loved it so much that, you know, we kind of became the template. They were like, you know, this is exactly what we want local chapters to, to look at, you know, the demographics and population densities and, and mileage circles and, and lines on the map that you can, you can then kind of quantify how large your convention could potentially be. Um, so we did all those things and, and, and that was a result of having a lot of people on my team, um, who are, are very talented, intellectually superior to me people. Um, I'm the loudmouth. I'm the sledgehammer. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and, and it's true. I mean, <laughs> I, I've got guys on my team that on any given point in time are the smartest people in the room and, and, um, they're all working their tails off collectively. Yep. Um, I've had a lot of previous nationals chairmen come to me and, and offer their advice 
you know, this is going to burn you out and don't, you know, don't be afraid to delegate. And this is going to be a horror story. This is what I went through when I did it. And I, I haven't had any of that. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of that f- stems from, you know, the old military mindset of, of delegating and putting the right people in the right jobs sure, and, and trusting them to, to do, you know, everyone's on task with the same mission. We have the same bullet points. Everyone knows, you know, what we have to accomplish. And the people that, that are delegated to those jobs are exceptionally good at what they do, yeah. you know, in their little compartment, their little division. And I trust them. I trust them unequivocally. And, I, and I've told them, I'm not going to get involved in the raffle. I'm not going to get involved in the vendor room. I'm not going to get involved in the contest area unless you need me to. Yeah. If you need me to, I'm there. Otherwise, you use your own discretion and you make the decisions and I will back you up. And it's worked out exceptionally well. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, I mean, that's what, like, PaxCon, our first show, I'd like to think that because we had basically a bunch of military guys organizing and running it, it really helped. Just from, from the get-go, it was, it was a great, um, it was just a huge um, advantage to have the military background and the, and the structure and the planning. And we, and we started two years out. So it was for just mm-hmm. a little bitty local show, but you know, folks were, were, they had the buy-in and yeah. we all did the, all the head judges. We all kind of did the, the head judges and the, the chairman and all the, the head folks that were the contest committee kind of running it. We put our faith and trust in everyone to, make decisions and to do what they need to do. And like, you know, me, when I was the head judge, I was like, Hey guys, I, I'm not going to question how you judge the category, what you did with it. You just do whatever. If you need me, I'm here. But right. if you don't need me, I'm not going to be in your Wheaties. And yep. that's the thing. It's like, you know, delegation is a great tool. Um, especially when people have bought in and they, and they understand what's expected of them. And then you know, it, it goes much smoother because it's hard to delegate when people don't want to be delegated to. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's when it absolutely. gets rough. <laughs> and and let me let me throw this opportunity out there as well, because I've, I've spoken to a lot of these guys um, when we were putting this together. One of the first things that we did was we reached out to a lot of the nationals teams that came before us, um, Las Vegas and Chattanooga and Omaha and and. I honestly, I, I have a, I have a large team of people. I have, I have probably hmm, all told probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 18 or 20 people that are helping put together various aspects of this convention. And I am seeing the amount of work that everyone on my team is doing. I don't know how in the hell guys from some of these other nationals pulled this off with six or seven or eight guys. Um, and, and that is not a, that is not a complaint that is those guys, you know, getting recognized for the amount of physical work that they did as a smaller team. Now that I understand that there's a thousand and one moving parts in this process, and it's the better part of two years of planning, these national teams that have come before us with 10, 12, eight, 10 guys putting, putting the show together is just mind boggling. And I understand why, number one, a lot of these chapters don't ever want to do another nationals. Sure. Yeah. Um, or, or why these guys get burned out and they walk away from, you know, being in the, in the forefront 
of the organization because the nationals just suck so much life out of them. And in reality, it's not even the process of putting the work together. It's the people. Yeah. Dare I say it, mm. you know, um, I know this wasn't going to be a bitch session. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of wonderful people in IPMS. Yeah. And there are a few people in IPMS who make our lives a living hell. Yeah. And that yep. seems to be their, their MO. It's what they live for. Uh, all they want to do is cause chaos and controversy and yell and scream. And, you know, the, the hotel situation that we had when we opened phase one uh, is a perfect example. I mean, yeah. people were losing their collective minds. Yeah. I was, I, I, between Saturday and probably Tuesday morning. I had over 400 emails. Oh, wow. Pertaining <laughs> to hotels. <laughs> Where's my room? Damn it. I didn't get and, my room. And, <sighs> and three quarters of them were hate mail. Oh, no. I mean, when you've got grown men yeah. threatening to come to your house and beat you up because they didn't get a hotel room. <laughs> I had one guy who says, I know where you live. and I'm going to come and crap on your lawn. <laughs> Really? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I mean, you know, wow. so and we, yeah, we knew so, going in, you know, there's exceptions to the rules. They're out yeah, there. And, and we yeah. know that, you know, this hobby attracts a lot of um, uh, introverted and people yeah. with uh, subpar oh, yeah. social skills in, in a lot go. of areas. And, uh, and that's to be expected. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, we're we're not solving any global crises here. <laughs> yeah. You know, so tell us, tell us about, so we, yeah, there was a, there's a hotel problem, but I think yeah. it's, it's, it's getting better. So tell us about sort of what's the path forward and how are things going now? And, and uh, just to kind of calm everybody down that, yeah. that, that are still looking for hotel rooms. So well, yeah, what's, when, what's the latest and greatest. When we were at San Marcos, I got up in front of the membership and said, you know, this is what we're going to do with hotels. And the problems that we've had with hotels, you know, are not going to happen with us. And boom, lo and behold, one year later, not only did it happen, it, it happened worse um, than we could have predicted. We knew going in phase one was opening the Hilton Hotel, which is attached to the convention center. And, and I'm calling it Taylor Swift syndrome. Um, <laughs> we had we had a, there are 200 rooms in the building. That's it. There are physically 200 rooms in the building and there we had a block of 150 rooms yeah um i put a few people in there that needed to be in there sure people that contacted me ahead of time saying look i'm in a wheelchair i'm on oxygen can you help me can you help me sure. out Sure. yeah you know i'm not gonna Absolutely. make that i'm not gonna make that guy fight you know for a room yeah. with the rest of these jackals um so we blocked out probably i don't know maybe 10 or 15 rooms out of that block. When I went to bed on Saturday morning at 2 a.m., because that's lately been my hours with all of this, we had 130 rooms in the block. I woke up at 6.30 a.m. to somebody messaging me saying all the rooms were gone overnight. So when we opened at noon, there were only two rooms left in the Hilton. Oh, no. So what ended up happening, and, and of course, you know, the first, the first thing that you got was, you know, well, Hearn gave all of the rooms to his buddies <laughs> and, and the funny, and, and I laugh at it because, yeah. you know, those of you who know me know, I don't have that many friends. 
I don't, I don't have enough friends to give away that many rooms, you know? Yeah, yeah. And even if I did, I wasn't going to jeopardize, you know, what sure. we were doing with the national convention. Um, there were a few people that approached me that, you know, had medical issues or legitimate, legitimate concerns because of their health. And, and these are people that I didn't even know, you know, so these are not, sure. like, yeah. you know, I'm, 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 I'm helping my buddies out. I, I don't have that many friends. And, and lately, especially with the way things are going in IPMS right now, you know, my IPMS friends are getting smaller and smaller every day. Yeah. Um, so, so we dispensed with, with that rumor relatively quickly. Uh, I got on the horn with the Hilton that morning and it turns out that people were doing one of two things. They were calling the hotel prior to the block opening and saying that they were with the convention organizers and that. They needed to get their rooms before the block opened up. Otherwise, it's going to fill up and they're not going to be able to. And they're working there. And, and basically, they lied to get in. Wow. And grown minimum, men. You know, the minimum wage workers, you know, at the front hotel desk at 5 yeah, a.m., okay. they don't care. Sure. Clickety click. Yep. We got a room for you. Here you go. That happened a number of times. And, and then my conversation with the manager uh, on Monday morning led me to this thing that I've never heard of before, but it's called, um, it's called rack rating. So what someone will do is they will buy their hotel room at full price, $525 a night for five nights. And they'll put a $2,500 reservation on their card. And then when the code goes live, they call the hotel back and say, Hey, I have this reservation. I didn't know there was a block code. Can I apply that? Well, sure, no problem. So then their hotel reservation goes uh, from gotcha. $500 a night mm. to $200 a night, but yep. they comes out of our block. That happened at least a dozen times that, that I know of. Um, and then there were a couple of guys on the IPMS forums who were bragging about doing it. Oh, wow. It's not illegal. <laughs> There's yeah, nothing just, illegal about it. It's just kind of unethical off, and immoral. Off-putting. And, yeah. You know, and, and, and it, throws, cool. it throws your fellow members under the bus, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, we've been calling it the Taylor Swift syndrome. You know, we've got, we got, uh, we got 150 rooms and we got, you know, 1,500 people fighting for them. Yeah. Um, somebody's bound to lose. A few are going to win. You know, the, the people that did actually get rooms booked legitimately are like, hey, you're the greatest. Thank you. Wow, this was awesome. And then everybody else wants my head on a pike, you know. <laughs> so but the, the crazy <laughs> part is that and this is, you know, at San Marcos, like I didn't get a room at the at the venue. So guess what? I stayed like a mile down the road and it was just no problems. It was uh, just for me, no big deal. I mean, very rarely have I ever stayed at the venue right? because it's just, you know, I mean, there's lots of other hotel rooms. So I'm assuming that there's lots of other rooms other than it's not like there's a law that says you must stay at the Hilton or you can't come into the con, con you know, to, into the convention. Yeah. So you know, I think that that's the thing. It's like there's other hotel room. It's not like all the hotels are sold out. So I'm sure there's plenty of rooms if you need to. And, and that's just life. I mean, there's they don't make four thousand rooms at a hotel at the at the you know connecting hotel. I mean, they're right. going to have to you know. Unfortunately, right. they're going to have to you know get rooms uh, at other hotels. But I'm assuming there's plenty of rooms for folks that are going to come in. Right. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Waddy and I one time we stayed at a, uh, I think a Circle Eight, 
<laughs> and when the Nats was in um, Tidewater last time. Yeah. And it wasn't the best place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're like, hey, we're just laying our heads here. I stayed. I mean, same thing, man. We, st- My wife and I, we stayed at like a Holiday Inn, like 10, 15 miles away because that's what was. I didn't care. I was still. It's still Nats. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's still Nats. It's awesome. it's still, you know, and nobody cares when you're walking around with a, you know, with a shopping bag full of kits and a beer in your hand. Nobody cares what hotel you're staying at. No. You know, no, and, okay. and, and that's it. But, you know, we opened phase one with, uh, I believe it was about 300 rooms. Um, they all sold out within minutes. So we, we yep. filled the Clarion uh, suites and we filled the home to suites. And everyone was still kind of losing their minds. And and I had sent out a mission brief, good grief, months before. Yep. I got said, it. This is phase one. And yeah. then phase two is going to be this and phase three is going to be this. And then if, if there's still demand for rooms after phase three, we've got rolling blocks with some of these hotels where we can open up additional, uh, cool. additional rooms. And, and part of that was, was what we call block attrition. And, and, and again, you know, this, I'm learning this as I go. Um, if you contract a hotel for, let's just arbitrarily say a hundred rooms and you only sell 80 of those rooms, or if you sell 100 and then 20 people cancel to go somewhere else, block attrition, if that's written into the contract, you're on the hook financially for those rooms that didn't sell. Wow. So the big question mark that I had in this whole thing was the Embassy Suites, which is a brand new hotel going up across the street from the convention center. We went to them early on before the, even before the building was built. And they said, absolutely. You can be our first convention. We'll give you run of the hotel. There's 220 something rooms in the hotel and you can have it for $200 a night or $210 a night. Great. Here's the contract. So we sign the contract and we send the contract back to them. Then we get a message stating, well, we haven't actually built the hotel yet. So we know it's going to be open before your convention, but we can't promise when we can open reservations. Mm, okay. So that puts a big question mark over sure, this. Yeah. And then I start thinking to myself, if I book all of these rooms and I block all these rooms with attrition on the outskirts of town, and then the embassy suites opens up and everybody jumps ship. Yeah. You're, ho- you're getting hosed Yeah, and, and comes downtown. I'm, I'm, I'm in a world of hurt. So I rolled back a couple of the bigger reservation blocks that had attrition in them because I knew that this was going to happen. I mean, everybody wants to just walk across the street and be at the convention center. Nobody, nobody wants to get on a shuttle bus or drive downtown every day to go to the convention. I get that. I've been there. I know what it's like. Um, But I also have to look at things, you know, from a business perspective, I can't leave IPMS USA on the hook for, you know, 150 rooms that are on the outskirts of town because everybody jumped ship to go to the new hotel downtown. Yeah. So I rolled it back a little bit, knowing it was going to create a little bit of controversy. I didn't, I didn't quite comprehend how much controversy it was going to create. Uh, <laughs> as people just came unglued. Yeah, um, they did. But you know, it, it's, um, it, the beauty of, uh, you know, and I got online immediately after, and, and I, I told people exactly how, you know, things were going to work. This is what we're planning. This is what we're doing. And, and I, I hopefully dispelled a lot of that panic 
Yeah. Um, I don't want to say that I spun it or I did damage control, but I, I did, sure. I did damage control and, you know, we dispelled the the myth early on that I was giving away the rooms to my friends because everybody knows I don't have any. <laughs> and what I'm, what we're starting to see now uh, is, is there seems to be that the dust has settled and, and the emotions have calmed is that people are looking at it and going, yeah, you know, you told us this was going to happen and it did. And, and we reacted accordingly. Um, I've gotten a lot of emails with people apologizing and a lot of people sending sure, emails yeah. supporting what the team is doing yeah. and the work and the effort that we're putting in. Um, and, and I'll go on record as saying, you know, the beauty of being transparent and telling the truth is that you never have to change your story. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you never have to spin it or change the story to appease, you know, someone else. It's, this is what it is. And, and this is how it played out. And we're sorry that it happened the way that it did, but until the organization as a whole comes up with a way to prevent this from happening, you know, people calling up and saying, I'm, I'm part of the organizing team where people, ra- you know, rack rating uh, blocks of rooms, um, it's going to continue. And yeah. for those convention centers that tie, um, the, the cost of the convention facility into the number of rooms that they book, it's going to continue to be an issue. Um, for the conventions that don't have their costs tied into the number of rooms that are, you know, rented out in hotel blocks, they can pretty much do anything they want. Um, we're kind of a hybrid, you know, we, we have a little bit of both because we're working with, with destination Madison and, and, and we have all of these different hotels that are working in conjunction with the convention center, um, because they're happy that they're getting the business, uh, and that, and that we're bringing it to them. So, um, moving forward, um, I'm addressing line by line, uh, you know, the 400 emails that, that people sent me. Um, if you sent me an email threatening to crap on my lawn or beat me up at the nationals, I'm not going to respond. Um, if you sent me an email and said, you know, I'm disappointed I didn't get in, what, what can you do to help? I will be reaching out to you directly and helping you find a place. Um, we do have a lot of options. I've been on the phone since Monday morning, working with regional managers for various hotel chains to try to open up contingency blocks. Um, I'm waiting on, on a few contracts for some lower priced hotels in the 130 to 150 range that are a little further out of town. So you're either going to have to drive or take the shuttle bus. I'm working on getting the shuttle bus routed there. Um, that will hopefully take some of the heat off. Um, I have not heard anything from the embassy suites yet, so I'm not sure when they're going to start taking reservations. However, the building is up all the glasses in the building and they're furnishing the inside of the building now. So they are, as far as we know, they're still on schedule to be open well ahead of our convention. Um, it'll be a brand new hotel, which is kind of cool. Um, and, you know, where there's going to be 200 something rooms there, I'm going to have to focus on putting some of my vendors in there and some of the other VIPs and, and stuff like that, because we just simply didn't have enough room at the Hilton. Sure. Um, yeah, and, you know, and, other things going on around that time too are out of your control as well. Yeah. yeah the Republican there's like, national yeah. convention. Now it's <laughs> funny because um, 
you know, the RNC is happening in Milwaukee, which is, you know, if you drive, if you drive I-94 speeds, it's 90 minutes away. If you drive like a normal human being, it's two hours away. <laughs> um, and, and you guys living in Virginia can relate to that. Um, yes. you know, there, so the RNC believes that, you know, they're going to be taking up hotel rooms for 200 square miles or 200 miles in any direction around Milwaukee. Those of us who live here, no, no one is going to drive from Madison to Milwaukee to go to the RNC every day. Cause that's the only <laughs> hotel room they can get. Um, Milwaukee in and of itself is a population density and the outlying areas have more than enough hotels. Um, I'm halfway in between Milwaukee and Madison. I'm out in cow country and there's still, you know, rooms available at the local hotel, even halfway. So what the Madison hotels are trying to do is they're jacking the rates up for RNC and then they're thinking that we're going to play ball with them. And, and sorry, you know, there yeah. isn't, a, there isn't an IPMS member in the world who's going to come to the convention and pay $500 a night for a, a, a holiday yeah. in express. No, that's, no. That, that's just not our demographic. So we'll leave the light on for you. <laughs> this is Tom Bodette from hotel six. And, and that's, you know, they're, they're starting to come around our way of thinking, you know, they're starting to figure out that, yeah, these guys are, these are model airplane guys. These are not. These are not, you know, professional lobbyists for the government. So well, I was going to say, Jeff, it, it sounds like, you know, I mean, just you're doing the best that you can to accommodate folks. And, you know, if, if there's reasonable questions, I think, you know, ha, the, you don't mind people reaching out to you. But I, I get the crap it on your yard thing like that's a delete, you know. But Should I tell you about the stupidity jar? Oh, my goodness. OK, sure. so we're on we're on video right now. So the people that are listening won't be able to, but you have to visualize it. We all have a swear jar. Yes. Okay. I have a stupidity jar. <laughs> so it's, so it's a coin jar and, uh, and it's, it's a fancy one because it's not just a canning jar. It's got the little digital thing on the top. So when you put oh the boy. coin in, it actually tallies Counts. it all up and tells oh, you, wow. So when we started this process, I said, you know, I'm going to play this game and we're going to see where it takes us. So if you have a legitimate, serious question, and if you ask me that question, it's ridiculousness, it's ridiculousness ranks between one penny and a 50 cent piece. If it's a very serious question, that's only worth a penny. That's a minor inconvenience. You know, can you tell me about ADA compliance at the hotels or handicap accessible parking or things of that nature? That's a serious question that needs to be addressed. That question is only worth a penny. Then we have, you know, the question about, well, can you change the color of the vendor room floor? Because I don't like the color of the vendor room floor. That question in, is, in, in its entirety is worth about 50 cents. <laughs> the other stupid questions generally rank between a dime and a quarter. To date, I have $146 and change in that jar. So that gives you an honest idea of, you know, <laughs> of what we're dealing with. And I'm not even the main point of contact. I actually have a, a PAO that's handling the majority of the questions that are coming in through the website 
and, yeah. and the contact forms through the website. So this is just people reaching out to me directly because they know me or, you know, I'm not going to waste my time sending a contact form message and have some underling answer it. I'm going right to the top because I know <laughs> this guy. Yeah. $146 worth of coins. That's funny. That's funny. So then I jokingly said, well, you know, I'm going to, you know, Saturday night or Friday night, I'm going to take that $146 and I'm going to go to the bar with it. And then I started thinking <laughs> me, my temperament at the bar at nationals with 150 bucks in my, that's, that's just a recipe for disaster. <laughs> so I thought, you know what? I'm just going to buy a kit in the vendor room. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of, speaking of vendor room, why don't you tell us about, you know, your, the vendor room, how big is it and how many vendors approximately do you have signed up? you know, and how many you thinking you're going to have. So let's, let's move on to some fun stuff. So let's talk vendors, vendors. Um, the, every, every nationals gets a, uh, uh, an Excel spreadsheet that, uh, it compiles all of the P and L's and all of the data from all the previous national conventions. So I have all of the data going back to 2005, um, in cool. the Atlanta convention, which Atlanta and Chattanooga, both kind of share um, the distinction of being physically two of the largest conventions that, that we've ever had. Cool. Um, and, and they hold between the two of them. I think they hold most of the records. Yeah. Um, the national average for vendors is 304 tables, I believe. Wow. And we are already at 314 of Sweet. 400. Wow. That's a so big hobby have, shop. <laughs> Thirty about thirty-seven thousand square feet of hobby shop. Wow! So biggest, uh, ho- largest yes. hobby shop for four days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have uh, we have three hundred and fourteen tables as of right now. Um, we're still about six and a half months out. Seven, sure, yeah. seven months out. Yeah. Um, and you know we we got all the big names. Everyone that you've ever seen at the nationals is is going to be there. Um, I. I I, that's again, it's not my department. Um, yeah. that would be Bob Clift. Who's my vendor coordinator. Um, but I, I know Zukamura is showing up and, and I know that Sprue brothers is showing up and I know that squadron is showing up and, uh, uh, micro world, um, is showing up and, you know, there's, there's just, and all of the, all the cast of common characters that we've sure. That we yeah. All yeah. The nationals are going to be there. David Doyle, um, and his wonderful book company are going to be there. Um, Grex is going to be there. Uh, Spray Gunner is going to be there. So all of the big names that that we know and love, um, cool, are, are all going to be there. A lot of guys that are um, smaller vendors, um, you know, guys that are liquidating their stashes. We got a bunch of local guys from from our clubs who are who are liquidating stashes and collections and things of that nature. So there'll be some. We got a really good mix of uh, of manufacturer and representatives from the industry cool. as well as guys that are just thinning out their collections. Sure. Uh, so oh, it's awesome. a really good, yeah, it's, it's it, going to be a good it, time. And is it one is, is the, are the vendor rooms, are they set up into different rooms? Like, you know, a lot of times they'll have like one giant room and then some other smaller ones. Like how is the actual vendor room set up for this Nats? One giant room. One giant. Yeah. I like one that. Giant oh, nice. room. One stop so shopping. One stop. If you're an NFL quarterback, you can throw a football from one end to the other and score a wow. touchdown. That's uh, huge. It, it's 30, oh, wow. like I said, I think it's, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like, 
It's either 31,700 square feet or 37,100 square feet. I'm dyslexic <laughs> when it comes to numbers, but I know That's the first okay. one is a three. It's a 30 it's a something. That's a um, lot. Oh, wow. And it's huge. I mean, we have 400 vendor tables um, that have been floor planned for. Wow. Um, That's awesome. All of the vendors will be in one room. There is no bad spot in yeah. the vendor room. Uh, you know, it, it, it happened. It happens at a lot of conventions where they have to put vendors in these little side rooms. And sometimes, yeah, none of that. Huh? It's just one big room. It's one big room. Um, I love it. You know, love it. It's uh, yeah. And then we've got Good a, uh, we've got an area that's just outside. And, and I have to explain how Monona Terrace actually works. Um, it's, it's layered. It's, it's, it's vertical. Yeah. So the the vendor room is at in the exhibition hall on the bottom, and that okay. that is this huge giant aircraft hangar size space. Sure. Then we have the mezzanine level. Yeah. Which is the middle level. That's going to be for the tiger meat area. That's where all of the group builds and the display only. That's fifty five hundred square feet of just display only stuff. And okay. Sigs oh wow. And, okay. And, and the group builds. Um, and then we have the upper level which is the Grand Terrace, the Madison Ballroom, and the Hall of Ideas, the model contest room is going to be split between two different rooms. Okay. Um, now, when I say that, you know, these are big rooms. Sure, yeah. I mean, these are gymnasium-sized rooms, each and of their own. So we've got, yeah. you know, two of them. Um, we're already working with the NCC to make sure that there are no categories split across rooms. Sure, so, yeah, yeah. And so, you know... When we were putting it together, do we put all the aircraft in one room and all the armor in, in the in the other room because those are the two biggest? Sure. And then we put you know cars with the aircraft and ships with the armor and sci-fi yep. here and but we're going to figure out a split that works yeah. so yeah. that oh, one awesome. room one room isn't as po- isn't more popular than the other. And how do you get from the base the the lower level up to the contest area? Like, is it just an ele- in other words, is it just an elevator or there is there a ramp or how how do people get Escalator. up there? Yeah. We have we have four brass fireman's poles. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good going down. Yeah, I was gonna say that's up. good and, going and, down. And, and, yeah. yeah. Well, to to get back up, we have those rope la- those rope climbs that we had when we were in high school, <laughs> and and we've got a volunteer at the bottom calling you bad names to get you to motivated to climb the yeah. rope. No, no. Have no. you seen the people that go to that? <laughs> hey, come on! I can dream, right? <laughs> Nothing more exciting than pushing somebody down the brass fireman's pole and watching them go three floors straight down. <laughs> no, we are we are fully ADA compliant. Um, for those of us who still have good knees left, at the very ends of each of the building is a large, wide spiral staircase that covers okay. each level. Uh, all right. There are escalators in the middle, like the shopping mall. Okay. And then there are elevators on each side in between oh, wow. those okay. for people to, to, to go up and down. Cool. Um, so it's, it's a fully ADA compliant, um, uh, place. Everything is, uh, it's not, it's spread out, but it's not, if that makes any sense. No, I'm, uh, I'm yeah. tracking. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, gotcha. so it, it'll take, it'll take you a half an hour of walking around to get your bearings and figure out where everything is. But once you do, it's, you know, it, yeah. it's pretty straightforward. Um, the, the uh, the mezzanine level, we were a little concerned about that initially, because we kind of didn't we didn't want anybody to be tucked away off in a corner, where sure. they were kind of out of sight, out of mind, and and not yeah. getting their their due attention. 
Um, and we were concerned about that with the display only area, the tiger meat area, excuse me. So we were, um, when we thought about it, we said, you know, let's put the tiger meat area right smack dab in the middle so that everybody going from the vendor room to the model room or everyone going from the model room to the vendor room has to go past the tiger meat area. So awesome. you, go, you go by on the escalator and if you decide, Ooh, I want to get off and look at this stuff, you're going right past it. So wow. the tiger meat area, which is a new, I know Chattanooga did it. You know, they, they had a, a pretty large area set aside specifically for display only. Yeah. This is the first time that we're actually, you know, marketing it as a feature in response to membership demand that we needed more display only space. We needed to do something for the guys who wanted to put their work on the table, but not have it in the contest. Yeah. Um, we're even, uh, you know, I, I probably am drawing the ire of some of the old guard, but I've even gone so far as to say for the tiger meat area, you can bring a model and put it on the table if you're not an IPMS member. So you, you walk in and you pay your $20 walk-in fee. And if you, you're entitled to bring two models with you and put them on the table so that people yeah. can see your work. You don't have to be an IPMS member to participate in this event. It's our goal that if you're not an IPMS member, you're going to come in, you're going to, you're going to see what's going on. You're going to like what's going on and it's going to motivate you to join. So that's kind of the, uh, the approach that we're taking with the tiger meat area. Yeah. So, you know, we're hoping that we can draw not only from the general modeling population, um, but people come to the IPMS national convention to see great models. Sure. Um, and a lot of people come to the national convention that are walk-ins that, that aren't IPMS members. And what a better way for us to connect with them and get them involved in the organization by giving them the opportunity to show off their work. Yeah, yeah. that's true. No. Yeah. Know, I mean, I think, I think, you know, any, again, it sounds like it's how you grow in the hobby. How do you reach out to everybody and make it more accessible? Cause some people just, just be, frank and honest, you know, they're done with IPMS, but they love coming out and hanging with your buddies and yep. hanging out with the people, but they just don't want to be a part of it. They don't want to give money to an organization. Me, I'm like, whatever, I'll always be an IPMS member because I just think I'm all about supporting it. But, you know, does that mean that I condone the BS? I do not. No. But my big, our big thing, and I think what I hear from you, Jeff, is just, it's all about the people. It's about making sure we have the, you know, a, a large wide audience and allowing whoever wants to come, come on, you know? Yep. And I, I think that's, I think that's great. I think it'll yeah. be a lot of fun. So I've, I've made a concerted effort, um, especially in, in light of all of the stuff that's, that's gone on in the national organization. I have to work with, with people on both sides of the argument and, and regardless of where you stand on, you know, the status of the organization as a whole or the political, if you're involved in the political, I have to work with people on both sides in order to make this national convention come off for everybody. Yep. And, and I have been very vocal about saying, you know what, I, I don't care what side of the fence you're on. I need you to come and support the national convention. I need you to, to say positive things and, and get the word out because let's face it, you know, the world could be falling apart and we're still going to be a, a, just a group of goofy guys getting together 
we set aside politics for the most part for four sure. days and, and we enjoy each other's company, even though we're bashing each other and calling each other names on Facebook, you know, we're still <laughs> walking around, you know, looking yeah. at each other's models and, and having a good time. And, and that is, that is my number one focus. All I want to do is show everyone a good time in Madison. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, when it's all, when this is all said and done, I think this is, you, you've already answered this, but when it's all said and done, what do you want people to take away from Madison you know, Nats 2024? It sounds like it's, it's about the people, it's about the experience, it's about hanging with your friends, talking about models and just enjoying themselves. Yeah. I, you know, there's, um, I, I want Madison to kind of be like a roller coaster ride. You know, everybody's, yeah. everybody's apprehensive when they're standing in line. And then they get on it and the momentum builds and then, you know, it's a wild ride for, you know, four days and, and some are going to get off the ride and want to do it again. Some are going to get off the ride and go home and take a nap. Some are going to get off the <laughs> ride and throw up. We don't know what's going to happen, but ultimately we want the majority of the people to come out of, out of the 2024 convention and say, wow, that was amazing. That was amazing. That, that was yeah. fantastic. You know, one of the cool things I like about the Nats as well are the seminars. And you'd mentioned Grex earlier. Yeah. So are they going to be doing their, you know, what kind of seminars do we, do you have lined up? And is Grex going to be there doing their um, airbrushing seminar? I, I'm, I'm sure that someone listening in the audience will probably correct me because chances are I'm probably wrong. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say we are probably the most seminar-heavy nationals in the history of nationals. Um, I've got Rick Lawler, um, armor modeler extraordinaire. Uh, he's doing four days of his um, his hands-on diorama and base construction seminars. Um, I've got seminars uh, in conjunction with Iwata Airbrush. Uh, Tom Grossman's doing one for uh guys who do dinosaurs i mean who, who would have thought that wow be, there you go you know, you know that's yeah. a pretty big genre too that at is a, a national huge genre that, that shows really, in general that we really don't pay a lot of attention to um grex is going to be running their seminars um thursday friday and saturday and then we've got a huge contingent of both historical and modeling related seminars um throughout the entire four days. Um, for example, those of you who are in uh, San Marcos that, that took in, I, I did a seminar on Naval Camouflage Doctrine at the Pearl Harbor Battle Line. Um, Bob Havens is uh, a, a local guy who's going to be doing uh, a seminar on the uh, Bugatti 100P racer plane, the, the blue one with the, the V-tail. Yep. Yep, um, yep. We've got, um, we've got, all sorts of, I've got Chris, um, Henry, who's the director at the EAA museum. He's coming down and doing seminars on, um, both the, the Huey that the museum just procured. And he's talking about, um, aluminum overcast, um, and their aircraft, the B-17 that they fly and how, how, you know, that whole thing took place from start to finish, um, with, with prepping a B-17, um, for flight. We've got people doing uh, airbrush seminars and figure painting seminars and uh, aircraft modeling. Uh, Steve Hustad, who's won Judge's Best oh, Show a number yep. of years, um, he's going to be doing seminars. Yeah, he's all right. He's, Steve's all right. He's, he's, he's all right, I guess. <laughs> he's, 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 yeah, he's all right. 
Um, <laughs> we've got um, Bob Steinbrun, um, who has has won nationals over multiple decades. Yep. Um, he's doing a World War One aircraft seminar. Um, Evan McCollum, can, I, who's I was uh, going to say. I, yeah, I know that uh, if you guys, you know, the last couple of years we've done a U.S. Navy sort of, you know, tactical paint scheme demo, we, we're more than happy to do that again. We always, I think that's a lot of fun. So, if, you know, well, reach um, out to the, whoever the, yeah. you can just sign us up, you know, okay. we're, we'll put us down for it. We'd love we have, to do it um, again. We have uh, Evan McCollum, uh, Panzermeister 36. There you go. Yeah. From yeah. YouTube fame. He's doing a, an armor weathering seminar. Um, Dave Straub, a fantastic, uh, ship modeler is doing a, a scratch building seminar, um, for the ship modelers. And then we've got a whole bunch of different, <sighs> they're not like huge full blown topics, but they're these, I, I don't want to, nec- I don't want to belittle them in any way, shape or form, but they're, they're tidbits. Um, you know, like cutting canopy masks, um, uh, Building model bases, approaches for model displays, dioramas, airbrushing demonstration, tips and tricks. Um, we got a we got a seminar for airbrush maintenance, breaking down and cleaning your airbrush. Um, Jeremy Moore. Um, oh aircraft, yeah, aircraft guys know Jeremy's work. I mean, this guy is you bet. Yep. phenomenal. He's been on the cover of Tamiya magazine more times than we can count. He's yep. doing a uh, he's doing a seminar on um, natural metal uh, finishes. Sweet. So, you know, we've got all of these different things going on. Oh, oh, and you guys are going to love this. We just added this one. See, I'm excited about this. This is fun stuff. Um, not many people will know the name Taras Lysenko. Um, Taras Lysenko is the guy that is responsible for spearheading the efforts to recover all of the U.S. Navy aircraft from the Great Lakes. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, he's also actively involved with trying to recover the aircraft, the Wildcat and the Devastator from Lexington's um, uh, debris field. Um, he's going to be there talking about the trials and tribulations of actually recovering. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Dauntlesses cool. and Hellcats and Wildcats and Corsairs, you know, from from underwater. Um, and, and, and that's going to be, you know, I'm not going to have time to do a lot of these seminars, but that's one I have blocked in and, you know, I'm turning my phone off and probably, oh, yeah, I want to check that out, out too. while he's talking. Um, so we have all of these, I think at present we have something like 42 seminars booked. Wow. Different that's seminars. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, there is a list on the Nats2024.com website. That has a list um, as of right now. And of course, they're going to change. You know, some guys are, are going to have to bail at the last minute for whatever reason. Others will be added. It's in it's in flux. But for the most part, these are the ones that we've locked in thus far. And it's it's going to be a fantastic. Um, you could be, literally spend the entire nationals just going to seminars that are all, you know, world class. And we're excited about that. That's going to be super cool. That's going to be great. I, I Again, I'm just. I'm super excited to go and I, I, my wife's excited and and it's, it's going to be great. And we're, we're just like beyond excited that the enthusiasm that we see with you and and to know you have a great team around you, that's just a recipe for success, you know, and you guys, it's, it's going to be awesome. Well, this is, this is, I'm the perfect example of what happens when you take ADD 
and a hobby that I'm passionate about and a, and a type A personality <laughs> and a big mouth. And, you know, uh, you, you, you mold it all into one and you, you kind of yeah. get me, you know, it, it's like yeah. chaos incarnate, you know? <laughs> um, but I am, I'm, I'm excited about it and, and, and we'll be perfectly honest, you know, um, there are times when, when the membership, you know, really kicks us in the face and, and makes us question, why are we putting all this time and effort into doing this? If all you're going to do is yell at us and scream at us and, and complain. And then you get those emails from, you know, from the, the people that you don't even know who, who say things you know, like you just said that this is going to be a great time no matter what. And we're going to have a blast and we're so excited. Absolutely. And that's what keeps us on track. That's what keeps us motivated. I know going, going in, I knew going in that I wasn't going to be able to make everybody happy. Um, my team knows that, um, we've gotten beyond the point of taking it personally. Um, you know, and, and you kind of have to, and, and my greatest line has been, you know, I've been called worse things by better men. So I'm not, I'm, it doesn't bother me anymore. You know, it it really doesn't. I know that I know that I'm busting my tail and doing the best that I can. Um, my team is working their tails off. Um, and, and I can't, I cannot, I cannot emphasize enough, um, how great my team has been in, in putting this stuff together. Um, these are some of the, and I know every nationals chairman says that, you know, and, and some of them may feel obligated to say it that comes right from the heart. These are some of the greatest people that I've ever worked with, um, in any capacity, you know, corporate, military, educational, otherwise, and everyone knows their job. Everyone's doing a great job. And, you know, that makes the whole thing that much more enjoyable. Um, and again, you know, our payoff is going to come, we're volunteers in all of this. Yeah. Our yeah. payoff is going to come when we open up on Wednesday morning and we see all those excited faces, you know, um, that that's our payoff for this, Yeah. you know, and, and hopefully we've done things that will garner attention from other chapters further on down the road. And, and maybe we can have a positive impact on, on how the convention is run. You know, maybe our goal is that tiger meat becomes an annual thing at every national convention, that it, it becomes, you know, part of the core. Sure. Um, so that it's not just the contest and, and the vendor room, you know, and then everything else is kind of second tier. Yeah. We want tiger meat to be as equally important and, and that social aspect of it as the contest and, and the vendor room and then the convention and, Yep. The banquet's going to be awesome. We're going to eat up on the roof, alfresco in open air, weather permitting. Sure. Um, you know, we got a lot of exciting things, a lot of different things in store. Speaking about the the banquet, and uh, so uh, have you guys got a solution for the awards presentation and the people or the banquet? What's the What's the latest and greatest with that? Well, I know what I want to do. <laughs> and and whether or not they're going to allow it to happen well i don't know i'm just gonna keep plowing ahead until somebody tells me no um so the awards right now the dinner is going to be separate from the awards banquet okay so you're gonna have dinner up on the roof uh open air this beautiful vista overlooking the lake yep they're they're gonna feed you open air weather permitting 
Um, and then the people that buy banquet tickets and go to the dinner will have seating in the theater, which houses 315 people. Yeah. The award ceremony will happen in the theater. So everyone gotcha. gets a nice cushy theater chair to sit. Um, and then everyone else will be out in the Grand Terrace area, which is the main, it's the main social area, which in, you could have a model contest in there. It's so large. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it's going to be throughout the convention. There's going to be, you know, bar tables and sofas and chairs, and it's designed specifically to give people a place to sit and be social. Um, think of an airport lounge without any airplanes. Um, so that's going to be simulcast there for all the people who don't go to the banquet. Got it. The award ceremony itself is going to be tightly choreographed. It's going to be Academy Awards style. Um, it's going to be, you know, automated. We have got some, we got some things that I'm not at liberty to discuss yet in terms of automation. Um, Oh, cool. So are we going to make it shorter? That seems to be the overwhelming complaint that we get every year is that it drags on for too long and it, and it's, it's too long. Um, the only way that we can do that is to speed things up and, and kind of, you know, the handoffs are going to be a lot quicker. Um, I'm, I'm working on who my speakers and my presenters are for the categories. Um, you know, I want to get people with, with radio personality voices so that we can, we can bang this through really quick. Man, I volunteered um, D-Ran. He's got that voice, man. You know, <laughs> he's not here. So yeah. I volunteered D-Ran. D-Ran's got the smooth jazz radio voice. And Tim. And El Presidente, man. I got a he's horrible got voice. Yeah, yeah, he's got voluntold. Yeah, here I am. Tasking. You, too bad, guys. Should have been here. Just kidding. Yep. No, but, but I mean, I, you know, I, that is my it. plan um, yeah. for the special awards, you know, for the theme awards and stuff like that. We're going to yeah. have some VIP presenters. I want to oh, bring, cool. I want to bring some, uh, some noted celebrities in. Um, I'm working on getting some past IPMS presidents and chairs, uh, show chairs to come up and actually present some of the special awards. It's going to be very Academy Award like, uh, you know, we, we want it to be fun. Um, I'm hoping that at least with the special awards that we can, we can show the nominees as well. Um, so that we can say, you know, and I'm, I'm just speaking hypothetically here, but the nominees for best aircraft are sure. Yeah. 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 This, this, and this, and the winner is this. It seems Um, like the, the, I mean, I hope the goal is that every single person, whether you bought a banquet ticket or not, you're going to get to see the award show. Now, I get that you just don't have the physical size to have everybody in the theater, but at least if you're going to simul, or, you know, or, or display or project or have the, um, you know, whether they have TVs or whatever they have, projection screens, right. that people are going to be, because I think that's really important. Like there's, that, that's, there's nothing more irritating than you, just because you don't pay money to go to a banquet, you don't get to see the the award the show and i hope that that's not going to be the case here well uh, as as you as you stated i only have certain space in the theater yeah and and the number of banquet tickets coincides with the number of seats that i have in the theater sure yeah. so what i would suggest to people is that if they want to be there in person when when registration pre-registration for the national convention opens on february 
third, um, that you book your tickets and you get your banquet ticket. That gets you access to the theater for the awards ceremony. Now, one of the things that I can absolutely promise, and boy, I hope they don't let me down. So I met with catering. Um, they have a phenomenal catering staff. I've, I've looked at their menu. Uh, we actually sampled their food over the summer. Um, they had a, 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 what are they, you know, come on in and try it before you buy it type of thing for all of the different convention attendees. The cool. food is super high class. So you're not going to get the rubber chicken. Um, (laughs) I I can promise you that, um, the food is really good. Um, cool. So we're excited about that. Awesome. And just to, just to make it absolutely abundantly clear since, you know, we don't want, we don't want to have the debacles that we've had in the past couple, whether you are at the banquet in the theater or whether you're not at the banquet and you're just hanging out in the, the lounge area, there will have simulcast and everybody will be able to either see it in person when you're in the theater or when you're in the lounge area, it'll, you will, you, everybody will get to see the screens and it will be projected and we'll get to see the award ceremony. Right. Absolutely. Um, awesome. The, the okay, grand, cool. the, the grand terrace area is this, it's just this huge concourse. Think like an airport concourse. Um, gotcha. the, the decision that we have to make is do we put up a 12 foot screen, a 20 foot screen or a 40 foot screen? Um, and that's all dollars and cents in the end, but sure we will have that screen up because this is all tied into the same AV network. I mean, we're actually, the convention center has literally forced us to hire an audio visual engineer to do this. So this is not going to be a bunch of part-time IPMS guys running around, you know, trying to plug things in to make (laughs) it work. We got the guy who runs it. We have to, we have no choice. We have to hire him. That's um, awesome. So we're going to have that set up. So if you don't go to the, to the dinner, you hang out in the grand terrace, there'll be a bar there set up. There's uh, there's going to be, you know, probably bar food, cheese curds and things like that. So you can have a beer, sit there with your buddies and you can watch it on the big screen. Like you would watch a, a football game. That is, that is awesome. Um, if you want to be there in that. person though, if you yeah, want to be there in person, you buy the ticket and that gets you yep. into the theater. Yep. 3rd of February, folks. 3rd of February. I'm I'm, I'm registering. I'm I'm, going to get the banquet. IPMS USA website to to do the pre-registration. I do not know when it's going to open um, in in so far as a time time frame, but I do know that we're opening on February 3rd for pre-registration. Awesome. Cool. Good deal. It's going to be fun. Yeah, man. This has been awesome um, having you on, Jeff, and and talking about just nat just talking nats you know and i, I hope folks if you every, just please go it's yeah. going to be such a it's so much fun like i can't there there were a couple people last year that went for their first time and i just i i'm just like man i remember i remember those yep. days the first nats you go to you're just like holy goodness it's just it's unbelievable and everything that you've said is you know it's just i'm just i'm more excited now than than i than i've been so yeah. I'm, 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 it's going to be a great time. I'm really excited for it. And again, what were the, the dates, the time, location, the who, what, the five W's, the, give me the, the five W's, the five Jeff. W's, women, water, uh, <laughs> werewolves, um, winos, um, uh, you go. no, 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 weenies. Uh, no, we're, we are at the Monona Terrace Convention Center, July 17 to 20, 2024, 
Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, the uh, website address is nats2024.com. Uh, that is being updated on a, on a regular basis. It's getting updated as we get, you know, information locked down. Um, there are a thousand and one moving pieces to this project. Uh, so if there's something up there that still says it's under construction or, or, you know, an update is coming, rest assured, we're getting to it. Um, people tend to forget that, you know, they think that because we don't have the information ready to them for them, that, you know, that we're missing something or that we're neglecting something. There are things that we're not going to have nailed down and finalized until in some cases weeks before the convention. Sure. Yeah. You know, we can't do it all at once. Yep. Yep. Well, it's going to be be awesome. Hell yeah. It's going to be a Roman spectacle. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) It's going to be fantastic. Well, Jeff, is there anything before we close here? Is there anything else you want to put out to everybody? Well, get to work on your, uh, on your overlord uh group build stuff yeah there are a whole bunch of sigs if you go to the nats 2024.com website there are a whole bunch of special interest groups and and group builds that are going on for a variety of different subjects um you don't have to necessarily build something specifically um if you've got something on your on your shelf or in your display case that fits and you want to bring it you know by all means um I, I know we've got an F-14 Tomcat group build that's going, that's getting a lot of attention. Um, we've got a B-25 group build. We've got the the D-Day Overlord group build. I'm actually working on a ridiculously oversized project <laughs> for that. Um, you know, as if you don't have enough going on. As if I don't. I, well, you know what, though? My bench time has become my therapy time. If there you I didn't, go. If I didn't allocate bench time to actually glue things together... Uh, with between Nats and scale colors, as you alluded to earlier, SC3D and the 3D printed tracks and all the other stuff I've got going on, I'd I'd be institutionalized by now. They'd be fitting me for a straitjacket. So it ain't over yet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I decided to use the stupidity jar to buy a kit, not booze at the bar. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that, I, that's just going to be ugly. But you yeah, go. you know, there's there's um there's a lot of opportunities to participate. Uh, we still have room for for seminars and and guest speakers. If you've got an interesting subject, something that you want to share with the membership, uh, reach out to Steve Gilbert, who's my seminars coordinator via the website. Um, if you're a vendor and you're on the fence, um, don't worry. There's going to be lots of hotel rooms available. Reach out to Bob Clift, who's my uh, vendor coordinator, and get your tables reserved. We're down to the last 25% or so of, of the tables that are available. Um, there are sponsorship opportunities. If, if you're listening and, and you own a, a hobby-related company and you want your name on the board, you want to be part of this event, um, we know the, uh, the, the model geeks, you guys are, are going to be sponsoring uh, this. You bet. You know, help, help sponsor this event. We, we greatly appreciate that. Um, those opportunities are still available. Uh, we will have the information available shortly on the website for trophy sponsorships, um, for different categories We're we're getting the upgraded and updated categories, um, from the NCC so that we know, you know, what category one is actually going to be and what category two is actually going to be. So once we get all that, we can then open that up for, for sponsorships. You can do that as either a chapter or as an organization or as an individual if you want to do an in memoriam um, for someone. 
Uh, we have a lot of special award opportunities available, sponsorships, things like that. Um, so th- there's a lot of a lot of moving parts, a lot of things going on. Um, I would tell people to contact me directly, but your safest bet, if you want the most prompt answers, to go to the website and and email the person who's in charge of that particular function. Um, that'll make a that'll expedite things tremendously instead of it, you know, being rifled through the chain of command and and yeah. filtered down through and disseminated. Yeah. Um, my team is very responsive. They're excited. They're motivated. And uh, yeah, a lot of good things coming. We're, I can't wait. I really can't. Uh, I can't wait for it to be over. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But but I also can't wait to to actually be there and and have people excited and and you know it's kind of like for us it's kind of like Christmas Day when your kids are opening their presents. You know, um, it it, it kind of has the same effect. You know, you put a lot of work into it, a lot of time and effort, and uh, people show up. They have a great time, and uh, and it pays off in the end. And then I'm going to go into retirement. (laughs) Well, Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy evening. I know you've got stuff to do to sit down with Nemo and I and kind of go through, you know, where the Nats are right now. And that is, you know, for everybody out there, for your latest and greatest information, make sure you check out Nats2024.com. And with that, Jeff, thank you very much. And... We'll talk to you here soon. Thanks so Thanks much for Jeff. having me, guys. Really appreciate it. And I'll see you guys. Um, I'll see you guys in Madison. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Sounds good. First Care, round of cheese curds is on me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. See ya. Later. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for giving us the Nats update. And, you know, hey, fellas, I guess that's it, man. Episode 70 is in the books. Man, I thought we'd never make it through that. (laughs) I know, right? Wow. Big thanks to all of our listeners and supporters. We hope you all enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed sitting here discussing the hobby. And we want to thank you for making us a part of your valuable bench time. Join us for our next podcast. But for now, be excellent to each other. Get out there and build something. Out from the geeks. Take care, everyone. All right. Good night. Good night. See ya. Recovery complete. <laughs> <laughs>